All right. Welcome to Nostalgia Cast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news where we discuss the stories and give our thoughts. I'm your host, who wants to know, which way did he go, George? Which way did he go? Andrew Price. What happened to the Tyler Palo? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering Tyler Palo. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting Kelby Josephs. And Dad Beats, a.k.a. Kirk Pinchon. Dad Beats! <laughs> that, was, that, that was Dad Beats. <laughs> oh, the best I should have done that. That's the only thing I, I should have done. That. <laughs> and that... Kirk Pinchon. I, get, I <laughs> yeah. stuttered the real thing. Yeah. I get it. Oh, my God. Tyler's better than you. I, uh, I always... I always Damn. Well, <laughs> that's at, a, at this one thing. That's ableist because I I highly related to Porky Pig when I was a kid because I had a really bad stutter that I had to get oh, rid of. Damn! But you don't have a stutter it now. Deep. It got deep. Well, I worked through it as a kid with much with a lot of uh, with a lot of effort, but uh, I still have it. Stutters are like a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not a physical disability. It's like a psychological thing where you get. A feedback loop in your head mm-hmm. so in order to overcome a stutter you have to like really think about what you're saying and like plan out what you're gonna say and you're always thinking like what am I gonna say what am I gonna say and it's triggered by stressful situations and being put on the spot so like sometimes I can just sit and just eloquently speak you know mm-hmm. no pausing no stuttering no like uh but then sometimes in other situations I just like cannot get words out um, and it all depends on, you know, the what, whether I have, like, whether I'm being put on the spot, whether I feel like I have, like, you know, the upper hand in a conversation, whether mm-hmm. somebody's, like, sort of talking down to me or whatever. So I, I always – I related to Porky Pig. Because How I, you guys doing? I, could, I, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't fucking he was like talk when I was a kid. really just un- – I'm burying his soul. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. and you're just like, can we get to well, the as fucking we know, show? As we nope. know, Kelby has no tolerance for people with disabilities. <laughs> yeah. I don't. How are you? <laughs> well, he and was just I'm, telling you how he was. Yeah, oh, man. Highly insulted not, and, yeah. and offended. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, you're, you're not. not. <laughs> you're not. You know why? I wanted to up the energy just a little tiny bit. Oh. I didn't want it to start on like because you just had candy. Like no, because you said a joke and then it was like, oh damn! Like <laughs> I feel so bad for Andrew now that I'm like, you know what? Here's the energy a little bit. Tyler, how are you? I'm good. I don't. I don't. I don't think you really need to. I mean, there's there's obviously worse things in the world than having a stutter. Uh, I don't think you really need to feel that bad for people with stutters. I mean, because well, I I, I it sort of psychological. I worked through it and sort of fixed it but i i worked with this guy who still just had a really bad stutter um and he kind of never was able to fix it uh and, you know when i worked with him at the time he was probably in his 30s and one time i noticed uh, i was at a, at a movie theater and you know customers in general can just always just be total pieces of shit but especially at this theater because this was a dollar theater in a fucking janky ass part of bakersfield california so it's like you have all these fucking just assholes who come and they're super entitled and they're just like this is supposed to be the dollar theater why is it a dollar fifty are you doing um, foghorn leghorn that's Baker hold Ford. on a minute <laughs> that's our natural accent and we work hard to get rid of it when we come here to los angeles that was, that was um, very fitting but uh so people just were fucking assholes at this place and so people always complain about shit and they would get irate with the managers and things like that and the other two of the managers would just always people would just 
you know, come after them, just be really shitty to them. But I noticed that uh, this this guy that I worked with, uh, who was one of the managers, I noticed that people were way nicer to him. And whenever people would have issues, and when they would get all fucking entitled and mad and shit, and they would ask to talk to a manager, he if he was there and he was on duty, he would always immediately defuse the situation, and they would just end up like being like oh it's okay mm-hmm. uh because of his stutter and i noticed like oh like when they talk to him they they come in like all fucking mad and being shitty and then the moment that they start talking they just immediately feel bad and start empathizing and then it just diffuses the situation how uh what makes you so upset at a dollar theater if you're an asshole no but like give me an example one woman uh she spilled nacho cheese on the floor and then slipped in it, and then she sued the theater. Wow. I'm here for that. Did they settle? Yeah, they settled. <laughs> we literally the, the, <laughs> give her a dollar. The, no, it's it's not even that far off. They settled. The movie theater paid her two hundred dollars. Wow. After this protracted thing of her getting lawyers involved, yeah. they paid her two hundred dollars. This is how petty this woman was. They took it right from the from the uh, cash register. Yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> that cash register didn't have the husband the of that. The husband of that lady. That's two hundred tickets. These these two people were just total pieces of shit. The husband of that lady, he got mad because his his card, his rewards card, was not scanning properly. So he couldn't get his like points on it. And it was his fault because his card was all shitty and like banged up and the mad- magnetic strip just like wasn't working from being in his wallet. And he got super mad that we just couldn't get the points on his card. And it literally devolved to him being like, I want my points. I want my points. Just screaming in the lobby and like three people around him just trying to like calm him down. And then the guy came out with his stutter and he was just like, Here's your point. I know that you're trying to. I know that you're. What you're trying to do right now is like argue in favor of customers because you because that is not. But like (laughs) that's not what I'm saying. I just wanted to know. Fucking. I just wanted to know what like how bad could it be because I've never had an issue at a dollar theater. So I was just wondering like what could potentially. But at the same time, did the lady fall and break something? Still, she just slipped. She she spilled the cheese and then she slipped in it. Oh, and she didn't get. It was an Oprah fall. Yeah, it was just like she right, fell yeah. on the ground. It yeah. was just something that I would do and then just never think another moment about it and I walk see. away. I see. Uh, I get it. Another person. This this one time. This two quick things. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, from you? Two quick. Let's just call it what it is. Two medium long things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, three quick things. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, one gotta, quick thing. Two medium. I gotta long tell things. these stories. Oh my god. Uh, so one time. Uh, so in, at the movie theater. Uh, if the if there was a box office, but if the if and most movie theaters do this, if it's not busy on like a regular weekday or whatever, there's no reason to have a dedicated person in the box office because there's just not many people coming and buying tickets. So you move the ticket sales inside to the concession stand. So people are working the concession stand, also selling the tickets. So the box office is left unattended, and there's a sign on it that says you know, tickets are sold inside. But customers would never notice that sign. So what we did was we had this giant standing sign printed and created that would be that would sit next to the box office next to the front door this this sign that was like this like you know the size like you know half of my height huge letters tickets sold inside and this was next to the door so one time we were we were standing inside uh, on a regular day super there's nobody around and some people had like congregated up to the front of the box office we're just kind of standing there and then this guy 
And it was this was one of the funniest, most ironic visual images I've ever seen. This guy leans into the door because the box office is right next to the front door. He leans into the door. So I'm looking at this from my perspective. Mm-hmm. A guy leans into the door. He is standing next to this sign. So there's a person standing next to a giant sign that says tickets sold inside. He's wearing a shirt that says CSI can't stand idiots. <laughs> and he goes, uh, is somebody coming going to come out here and help us? It was one of the uh, funniest visual things I've ever seen in my life. I immediately started laughing out loud and then he was just confused. And then he, we were like, Oh, the tickets are sold inside. One time this woman came in, uh, this was a second run theater. So this is like one of those movie theaters where like three months after a movie comes out in theaters, we get it. And then you, Get the ticket for a dollar fifty or whatever. Uh, so this woman should be a dollar flat. Yeah, it's not the, the dollar theater is a colloquial term that people call yeah. them as, but it's not a dollar theater. So this there was this dollar this this the second run theater, and then uh, a block up the road was a real movie theater, uh, uh, like a first run. And so one day this woman comes in and she's like, "I want a ticket for um, I forget what it was. It was just it was some movie that had just come out." Mm-hmm. Uh, in regular theaters. And she was like, uh, I, I need one ticket for Fast and the Furious 5. Uh, and we were like, oh, yeah, that movie just came out. We don't, we're not playing that. And she's like, uh, yeah, it, it, it's out. And we're like, yeah, it's, it's out, but we're a second-run theater, so we don't get movies until they've been out for like three months or whatever. And she's like, no, it's out. It's, you, you're playing it. And we're like, no, what, we'll, we don't, we're not playing it. Like it's, it's a, it's, it just came out in theater. So we're not going to get it until like three months from now. And she's like, I looked on your website and it had showings. And we were like, oh, that happens sometimes. Like a frequent issue is that people will check movietickets.com and movietickets.com is not run or approved by the theater. So sometimes they have like inaccurate times. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I went on your website and it had times. And we were just like, well, I, I I don't really know why or what that means, but like we definitely don't have the movie because it just came out in theaters. And she's like, no, you don't understand. You you you're 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 mistaken. You have the movie. <laughs> I checked on your website, and then she pulled it out and showed it to us, and it was for the Maya Cinema, the real first run movie theater up the road. It was their website, and we we're like, oh, this is Maya. They're up, they're like like a couple blocks up. And then she was just like, and this, like, she, up until this point, she was so, like, angry and, like, yeah. you are wrong. I am, you don't know what you're talking about. And the moment this happened, she just got super flustered and was like, oh, well. And she was, like, trying to find a reason to, like, be mad about it. Yeah, but, like, she's like, how can I say this? There was this? no way for her to logically pin this on us or whatever. So she's like, oh, well, the, you know, the site, uh, she just kind of said something in- incomprehensible yeah. and stormed out. And then one time, this woman walked into the concession stand. She walked up to me. I'm standing there. And then she just stares at me with this blank zombie face. And I'm just like, I don't even know what's happening. So I'm just like, I just kind of stare back at her. And I'm just like, uh, can I help you? And then she just stares at me with this zombie face. And I'm just like super feeling awkward. And I'm just like, uh. And then she like breaks character and goes, you know, when somebody's trying to like joke around with you, it's good to have like a sense of humor. And then she just walked away. And she got super mad, but she got really embarrassed, <laughs> but turned it into anger that I didn't like play along with whatever she was doing. And I was just like, what just <laughs> fucking happened? I think she thought you were shutting her down. Like, I'm not here for this, where you were just like, what's going on? Number no. one, what's going on? Number two, from a perspective of an employee, yeah. I'm not going to assume that somebody's making a joke yeah. when they like 
they could be mentally impaired. They yeah. could have some kind of handicap. Like I'm not going to go out on a ledge and just assume like, yeah, this is a bit that yeah. you're just, you're standing there staring at me with like a blank stare on your face looking like a zombie. Yeah. Like if you had gone, ah, ha, ha, nice bitch. Yeah. She'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about, dummy? <laughs> that was her version of like, Oh, you'd look better if you smiled. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what it was. And this has been another edition of Andrew's Tales from the Battlefield of Retail. Uh, before we get to the stories, uh, just a quick update on a couple of things we've talked about in the past. So uh, we've talked a little bit about the ballad of the Back to the Future remake, the the deep fake video that came out with Tom Holland and Rob Downey Jr.'s face. And, uh, you know, what what uh, what Bob Gale said about a remake, the cancelable problematic comments that Kelby had in response to that. And so now Tom Holland has gotten into the fold and he has said that conversations have been had about a back to the future remake starring Tom Holland as Marty McFly. Uh, he said uh, conversations have taken place behind the scenes recently, a deep fake video put Holland and his Marvel cinematic universe co-star Robert Downey Jr. Into the sci-fi classic as Marty McFly and Doc Brown, the sparked conversation about the two starring a new version, starring in a new version which is apparently something that was already being explored. Fear not, though, movie fans, as Holland has no interest in tre uh, in treading on sacred ground. He said in an interview, I'd be lying if I said there hadn't been conversations in the past about doing some sort of remake, but that film is the most perfect film, or one of the most perfect films, one that could never be made better. So I find it really fascinating that this of all movies is just universally like, everybody is just like, we're not touching that. Yeah, it's it's pretty, like, it's, it's pretty this, sacred. It's ground. this weird thing where like yeah. this movie out of everything, like they'll fucking resurrect James Dean and make him a star of a new movie, mm -hmm. but nobody will fucking touch this movie. And it's, it's so fascinating to me that this movie in particular, like they've remade, uh, they've remade straw dogs. Oh God, they did. Holy shit. With James Marsden. That was horrible. What? Straw dogs is a, a movie from 19, 70 in the 70s starring Dustin Hoffman. Uh it's uh Sam Sam one is Sam it a Pepper war Paul movie? Westman? No. Oh. It is a tormented psychological awful home invasion movie. Oh. Awful in the sense that it's way fucking tense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Home Alone uh references it. Oh really? Yeah, he's like this is my home, I must protect it. That's from Straw Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. But I think everyone just just loves that fucking movie, no matter how old you are, no matter what decade you grow up, people just go, I love this movie. It's a timing thing, too. <laughs> Definitely a timing thing. Like like I said before, the future is not all that hot looking. The past, I don't think too many people want to go in the past. So it's just like back in those times when it was like, this future seems great. The past felt good. It was this like moment of ignorance. It was all good, but to go back and do that, there's so many things that you'd have to acknowledge. Yeah, that now a to, fun movie like that just now you couldn't do it. To be fair, to be fair, don't. When Back to the Future came out, the future wasn't looking too bright for everybody at that time either, because it was at the height of the Cold War. So everyone was thinking that we were going to be wiped off the face of the map what, by a saying? nuclear bomb. There was '84. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's a little rough times. 84, what was the second one? When was the second movie? 89? Oh, okay. oh. Yeah, well, I, the movie, the first movie came out in 86. Oh, oh was okay. it 86? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Set That's in 1985, right. came out in 1986. That's correct. That's just, you, you wouldn't be able to convey the same optimism they had about the future to nowadays because people go for realism instead. They would love to show a back to the future where they go into a dystopian future instead of the, uh, the technological haven that it was uh, in the... In 2015, should have voted for Al Gore. 
<laughs> we did. I mean, we definitely should have voted for Al Gore. <laughs> we did. That happened. Uh, I believe you did. How old were you when Al Gore was running? Good guy. No, I mean, that, that was the whole thing. Oh, that was the whole thing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, Bush yeah. won. He won the, the popular same. vote and got swindled out of it. It's yeah. weird how that's how Republicans seem to win. Oh, boy. Did him. All right. <laughs> You're going to make Kelby mad. I know. My people make too. He's gonna make over a million dollars this year. He's hurt. (laughs) Lizzie McGuire drama continued. So we've talked about the Lizzie McGuire thing, the ballad of the Lizzie McGuire reboot. Nuts. So last we talked about it, they went into production on it, got shut down by Disney. They fired the creator slash showrunner of the show. There over over creative differences. You remember his name? It was a woman. It's uh, Terry Minsky. Oh yeah. Okay. And basically, the issue was is that. Terry Minsky and also Hillary Duff, who has kind of like a large stake in the creative direction of the show. Uh, I think she's like a producer on it. We're wanting to take it as like into this direction of like, this is like a real look at like what Lizzie McGuire would be doing in her thirties. And Disney wanted more of a like family friendly, mm-hmm. like this is just a reboot of like a you know fuller house yeah, type right. thing. And they couldn't come to an agreement on that. So now, after that fact, there's been some shade thrown where, like, Hillary Duff has said some, like, vague, thrown some vague shade at Disney about this. You saw her Instagram post? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sing to me, Disney. And ultimately, um, Terry Minsky wrote this thing about how she thinks that they should move Lizzie McGuire over to Hulu mm-hmm. um, and let it just be kind of a more adult thing. And um, Hillary Duff seconded that. So now that it's at that it's at the stage where... The uh, the showrunner has been fired, but she's like really kind of come out and said like move it to Hulu and just make it the way that, mm. that Hillary wants to make it because I guess Hillary Duff is like really driving the sort of idea behind the show, but it's but but ultimately it's just still in limbo and they haven't really decided what they're going to do with I it. I think we talked about this, but let's bring it back real quick. Totally fine for seeing that type uh, uh, for that take on Lizzie McGuire. Sure, that's interesting. Are there people clamoring for that? I know I think I brought this up before, but are people like, yeah, let her do it her way she wants and put it on Hulu. Come on. Is there some outswell? I don't think so. I think, I think, not a soul. I think this is like, this is somebody who created, like, I mean, I think people do, I think a lot of kids have a lot of nostalgia for Lizzie McGuire, but I think this is like an example of somebody who created, like, kind of just a fairly decent, mediocre, kind of liked kid show, Mm. just like wanting to, like, push it to be this more real artistic thing, both from the, <coughs> the showrunner's perspective and Hillary Duff's of just like, I think it's Hillary Duff trying to get her foot in the door of doing something that would be respected. Yeah. Which you can't follow for. It's a good idea, yeah, but no. I don't think that anybody real, like, I don't think anybody's looking for that from Lizzie McGuire. That's what I feel. And I also feel that I kind of like weirdly side with Disney on this of like, normally I'd be like, fuck the censorship. Yeah. Let them do this thing in this way. But like I kind of side with Disney on this of just like I think everyone just kind of wants Lizzie See, McGuire TV. as a fun reboot throwback thing. Yeah, I normally wouldn't side with the corporation, but I do see the like, hey, read the room. It's Disney. Of course, they're going to want this family friendly kind of Fuller House they're not gonna want Lizzie all grown's up, don't you? <laughs> Lizzie all grown's up. <laughs> That's yeah. the, that was the name of the working title. They didn't yeah. use it. Yeah. I pitched it to them. They didn't like it. It's fine. It's fine. Kelby, tweet them right now. Let them know that they were wrong. Oh wait, let them know that you're uh, available to direct. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This show is never gonna happen. So uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna waste my tweet. But I will say this: what in what direction 
could Lizzie McGuire possibly go into on Hulu that it couldn't go into on Disney Plus? Is it gonna just all of a sudden turn into This Is Us or something like that? Or is the first scene a sex scene? No, I think it's more like I I would see more like kind of like an Ally McBeal take where she's an urban professional, she can't find love, but she's really smart and she's. It's hard to be a woman these days. I'm it's a, just not bad. I'm assuming yeah. from everything I read that they're like trying to take it in the direction of the of the like limited run reboot that they did of Gilmore Girls. Oh, okay. Uh, where it's okay. kind of like her as an adult, kind of like dealing with a lot of failure. Like that's kind of what the, I I didn't oh, watch it. I would love to but, see that. But what I read from what I read about the Gilmore Girls reboot that they did was that it was kind of about her like things didn't quite pan out the mm. way that she wanted them to. And then just kind of coping and dealing with a lot of failure. That's like what they just, and I, I feel like that's kind of what they were trying to I'd do. See that. It needs to go way more in the direction of girls. <laughs> oh, just oh, I see what you're saying. Like I, if you really are fighting that hard for it to be this realistic thing, it needs to be like something crazy. When we see, we like, damn, Hillary, that's like wild. she's maxed out on her credit cards. I, yeah, she's drinking a lot. Yeah. Just like bad decisions with dating. Yeah, something crazy. We got a moment. How would you guys feel if Lizzie came out of the closet? Yeah. I think it'd be good for representation. That might be the thing. Yeah. (laughs) That might be the thing. They already got Um, Raven. We good. I like Hillary. I don't think think anybody wants Raven. What? Chill, bro. (laughs) Raven wasn't gay. She is gay. Now she's The actress is, but the character wasn't. She's not? Oh, Oh, wait. Is the character in the new show not gay? I thought she was. Oh. I thought they made... I thought they... I thought they... No, they didn't. Oh, Raven. Okay. Yeah, oh. Raven they didn't oh. make Raven. Wait, that would have been it, way oh. bigger news. Is oh. there a new Raven show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raven's home. home? Yeah. Oh, Raven's home. Yeah. Raven's home. What? I never. What platform it, is that on? It's on Disney. It's something. on Disney. Oh. but again, bringing that up, that's exactly what I don't want from this new. Liz- I'm sure that it's exactly what they want from the new Lizzie McGuire, but they ruined Girl Meets World, the reboot of Boy Meets World. It's fucking terrible. The only parts of it that are even remotely good are the fan service parts where they bring everyone back so you get to see like where they're going or what mm-hmm. they're doing in the new world. I want Lizzie McGuire to just be do... Be Lena Dunham. Be Lena Dunham, yeah. No, I want I want Lizzie... I want Hillary Duff to be able to just show us what she means. Man, Hillary right. Duff essentially is saying... Show us what you got. Show I us what you got. I have enough money. Raven said, cut the check. I'll be there. Hillary said, yo, look, I actually care. I have enough money. I'm selling perfume. We good. So you want to know my hot take on that? So Raven without fail, every single premonition that she has about something bad happening, she causes it to happen by trying to prevent it from happening. All she has to do is just, when she has the visions, just ignore them. And she would never have another problem for the rest of her life. I don't That's think kind of it's, it, it's hard to ignore uh, visions. I think I, I think you're wrong. I think uh, I think that's literally the moment she stopped stops ignoring them. That's what becomes the catalyst for those visions happening. No, the every episode, the whole thing that happens is as the episode goes on, the twist of every episode is like, oh, I made that happen by what I did. Right, but that but her stopping to try to prevent them doesn't prevent the premonitions from happening and the premonitions have proven to always come true which means even if she tried to stop preventing but them, the only reason why they always come different 
it would, for different it, reasons. It would be it would the premonition she sees would be the the uh, the result of her not acting against whatever premonition she's. It's going to happen. You just don't know the, the context of how it's going to happen. The only reason why the premonition premonitions come true is because she does she. It's like a self fulfilling prophecy. It's right, like, but it's, like, pre- it's a but causal loop. The, that's the whole idea is that they're always self fulfilling. So the idea that you don't do anything seen, to we've stop never it seen is the idea. Just it, try not doing anything. That's true. I I agree. We haven't seen that, but that's what I think would happen. Is they would just happen because she didn't do anything. She, it would happen. You just it would the context <laughs> would be different. That's all that would happen. But she was looking good in every episode. The outfits was fly. Chelsea looked better. Well, even if that's the case, which I don't. Think so. I think you. I think you. you I think you're filling in some logic that was never established on the show. But even if that's true, if if it's going to happen either way, Mm -hmm. then she might as well not do anything. Right. I agree. (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs) I'm always a fan of not doing anything versus doing something. Her rap career was fierce. Was it? (laughs) She wasn't a rapper. Raven Simone. She was a singer. I know she rapped. I know she did Double Dutch Bus. She rapped. Yeah. (laughs) Sing the song. I can't remember. Featuring Flavor Flav. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. But I no, like when she was like way little, yeah. she did like a little like rap. Like, oh, isn't this cute? She's little Raven Simone doing a rap. She was the she was it. Yeah. I like know the Kyle show has been irrevocably ruined <laughs> for reasons that are the obvious. Show? No, the Cosby show. Oh. But Raven Simone being brought in as a like let's revitalize the show with a cute kid. Mm. It's literally the only time in history that that worked. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree. No, 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 no. I would not disagree. They had um, Orlando Brown and Family Matters, and that worked pretty well. Richie. I don't, Orlando we, Brown wasn't we, also on Cosby Show? Would you tag no. that as the cute kid? Because Raven Simone was just Oh, like, she took over. Yeah. Because she was not only cute, she was like sassy a little bit. Yeah. 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 She I mean, was precocious. Yeah. Yeah, good, good word. I know words. <laughs> so we have a couple uh, new details about uh, the Mulan remake and some and the reasons for some of the changes that they made. Mm-hmm. So, number, so number one, we now know why we ain't biting no more butts. Oh. Why there's no Mushu in the movie. Oh. The fact that you didn't get that just <laughs> shows that you don't deserve to be on this podcast. It's the way you said it. Capitalist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do the, do the, do the Eddie Murphy voice. Yeah, do the... I ain't buying no more butts. Oh, oh, for Mulan? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do the Eddie Murphy laugh, and it really backfired. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, that's, that's not it. So a thousand cries of protest erupted from the internet when it was announced last year that everyone's favorite sassy dragon sidekick, Mushu, would not be included in the live-action remake of Mulan. With many of the remakes being close to carbon copies of the animated original, it was fully expected the audience would... Get to see Mushu brought to life, perhaps with photorealistic CGI. Uh, but alas, the makers of the new Mulan have stated that he will be left out completely. Producer Jason Reed has now clarified the reasoning behind this somewhat controversial decision. He said, "Obviously, Mushu is a beloved character and one of the most memorable of the animated film. Uh, memorable of in the animated film. Turns out that the traditional Chinese audience did not particularly think that was the best interpretation of the dragon in their culture." That the dragon is a sign of respect and a strength of and pow- and of strength and power, and sort of using it as a silly sidekick did not play well with the traditional Chinese audience. I have never been more morally torn on a piece of news before because I never, never. <laughs> I fully support the idea of being more respectful for people's cultures and and you know not uh, appropriating things in an, an offensive way, mm-hmm. but I heavily resent the way that the movie industry uh, panders to Chinese audiences um, 
in order to not have the government shut down a movie and not allow it to be played in that country because it's the biggest film market in, in the world right now. This is a this is a huge problem that's been happening for, you know, it's been slowly ramping up for the last five years as like China has really taken over dominance mm-hmm. in the film market. Mm-hmm. And now it's like uh, movie studios like actively pander to them and like cave to pressure of like taking things out of movies and adding things to movies just to keep the Chinese government happy. Uh, and I just it just I really hate it. So it's like I'm just it's really torn on this because it's like yeah I get that like that's that's a legit thing, mm-hmm. but it feels like you're not doing it to be respectful. You're actually doing it because you just don't want to get the Chinese government angry so that your movie gets played in the country. Let's Absolutely. throw it to Kelby right now. Go. Well, I don't. What trash take are you gonna have? On <laughs> I actually don't think that it has that much some but that much to do with the government only because of why I, the other piece of news as far as why they left another character out of the movie and it seems like they are not just pandering to the chinese government they're just pandering to everyone yeah to and to me it's just like they're just trying to make a potentially problematic film way less problematic and just kind of make a new movie and just say, hey, it's Mulan, so that you have the idea of, you know, the IP of Mulan in your head so that it could help with sales. But but for the most part, it's just a different movie. It's not a different movie. It so is. It's, a, it's not a, a different it's, movie. It's, it's, it's a absolutely a different, different movie. movie. Totally different. Same characters. They're doing the same war. Nope. I mean, no, it's, it's they're def- not doing no. the same war. No, it's not they're the not same do- characters. That's, and that's <laughs> who's not, the lead? That's the next. Who's part. the lead? What's the name of the lead? Some gal. What's the name of the lead? No. What's the name Mulan. of the character's lead? Mulan. Is it, is it named Mulan? That no, is that is Mulan. like that is an absurd argument. The lead is named Mulan. I'm trying to. Sh- she's uh she's playing a character who pretends to be a man fighting in a war. Wait a second. That doesn't that doesn't mean is it that all. is that the movie for them from the animated? That's yes, the animated movie, and that's the same as this movie. They're different. It's is that like the same, same plot? Is that the same plot? Oh it's a yes gosh. or no question. Not the same. But that doesn't matter, plot? though. That's, that's a <laughs> straw man matter? argument. How is it a straw man? Because argument? that's just an elevator pitch. A move. A, a piece of art is not about its uh, simplified concept. It's about its execution. We're talking yeah. about plot. It's the same plot. No, in in the way that in but the way that in the, the way that Lion plot. King is Hamlet, that's the same thing. In the way that this is is a new movie under because the same it doesn't name have a dragon. No, because it doesn't. doesn't It's not the same. (laughs) You guys just want butts bitten. You don't get it. That's all you want. Hold on a second, because there's there's another another piece of this news that that just drastically. It doesn't, because I know that, because I'm the one that reads the outline. Um, (laughs) I sent that. uh, So the second part of this is let's get down to business, but in a professional way where nobody is made to feel uncomfortable. I took some. Uh, Go f- harassment training. There it is. And now I know how to handle situations in a. I don't know. I, I, wow. I bailed out of it. You, you know what? <laughs> you, were, you were going there and then it kind of faltered and then you went yeah. for it again yeah. and then you're like, fuck this. Yeah. yeah. So uh, another change that was explained. So the, the, uh, the general of the army that Mulan joins, uh, Li Shang, uh, voiced by. He, he, the, his singing voice was Donny Osmond, but I don't know if his speaking voice was Donny Osmond oh. in the in the in the animated movie. 
they've basically gotten rid of that character and they've split it into two characters. So there is the, there's the general of the army uh, that's played by my my boy Donnie Yen. Um, yeah, he's great. And he's if great. you and if you uh, are familiar with Donnie Yen, pop in any one of the Eat Man films and just get ready to fucking yeah. have your mind blown. It, it's not pronounced Eep, is it? Yes. Yes. It's, oh, it's a great, um, they're great movies. What were you Good saying? To, I was just saying IP Man. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a different thing. <laughs> Intellectual property yeah. guy. Huh? B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong's amazing. So uh, he he's playing the general, which is a uh, the general's name has been changed. Stupid. I forget what the fucking general's name is. But he has become more of a father figure. Mm-hmm. And then they have a different character who is, like, one of her, like, fellow soldiers age appropriate uh who who that person becomes the love interest it's a great idea love it so they basically age they basically they they changed it and so the the quote on this from the same producer this is i'm, I'm assuming this is from the same interview uh he said um i think particularly in the time of the me too movement having a commanding officer that is also the sexual love interest was very unfortunate and we didn't think it was appropriate and we thought that in a lot of ways that it was sort of justifying behavior that we're doing everything we can to get out of our industry. So they didn't want to have a situation where, uh, you know, there was like a sexual relationship, which is kind of a weird thing way to say that because it's like, was there? The, they fell in love. Was there a sexual relationship in this Disney movie? They but also not until after she was out of the army and he had no control over her situation. Yeah, but it's um, still a real old guy with a younger woman. He wasn't. He was in the movie. Old? He wasn't real old. Not real old. In the movie, he know. was a he was basically like a twenty five year old general after his father died, I and believe. she was younger. I believe she was 18, but she wasn't like, I mean, we're not sure. I see you side eyeing. Uh, yeah, but, but <laughs> anyway, so they didn't think it, they, they didn't, okay? they didn't want to have a character. They didn't have a, such, they didn't want to have a situation in a movie. And I actually kind of, I, I get this because yeah. I feel like it would just read way differently in a live action movie exactly. with, with, uh, with real people. Yes, in animation, you're like, that's fine. In a live action, like, that's weird. That's but probably, they didn't yeah. want they didn't want to have a situation where uh, there was a character sort of in a, like, leadership role mm-hmm. that, ha- that had, like, a romantic relationship with, like, one of his, like, employees or yeah. whatever, quote, unquote. And so they changed it to where the general is just a father figure, and then there's a different character who is at her level who is the love interest? And it works well. Gotcha. I love it. I'm still putting. It works. You've seen it? <laughs> well, no, it's just in my head. Yeah. Uh, it's going to make money. He told me. Obviously, it's going to make money. It's going to be a hit. Make these choices. It's going to yeah, be yeah. great. <laughs> I will. I have a dollar bet with anyone who says this won't be a hit. It's going to be a hit. And a pro- dollar. Probably the movie is going to be really good. I mean, but they should just. They honestly, fine. Call it Mulan, but call it Mulan something. Mulan, no, it's about Mulan. No. Call yeah. it Mulan. It's ba- about Mulan. Revenge it's the of the Sith or whatever. Call it something else. But I get it. Attach Mulan. Mulan but add from the something. Book of Saw. There you go. <laughs> are we? Are, add something. To my it. question is: not Is there still going to be the matchmaking part in the beginning? Because that's not only one of the funniest things, but also like a catalyst for another reason she doesn't want to be a part of that part of society. Is that going to be another driving force for why she doesn't feel like she fits in? Plus, there's Probably. a witch. There's I hope so. Witch in there. That's that's. One of the biggest things that makes me go, it's not Mulan. It's oh, just, it's, it's not Mulan. Mulan. There's another movie that's just like this, but it's maybe like Pocahontas or something like that, and like a Brothers Grimm type take. You get it? And there's I mean, like I, a, I, don't uh, know. I don't know what any of that meant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a stroke. Uh, 
What's uh, Pocahontas' love interest name? John Smith. John, John Smith. Smith. That's way problematic. <laughs> Isn't there, oh boy. Isn't there an, another movie with John Smith, but it's like a different take of Mulan? Well, I mean... I'm sorry, I've Pocahontas. In, well, I don't know about that. I, no. I All I know is that in real life, number one, John Smith was like 30 yeah. and mm-hmm. and Pocahontas was 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And number two, the the real story was just wildly different. Like the 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 uh, uh colonizers. Colonizers came in and like they fucking brought all kinds of disease mm-hmm. into the into the the tribe and it just didn't happen at all the way it did in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um so if there's some kind of more realistic interpretation of Pocahontas mm-hmm. that's out there, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I've never, I don't think I've, I don't think I've heard of whatever you're talking about. But the reason why I bring it up is because I don't think it was called Pocahontas. Like she may have been in the movie mm-hmm. and, but they're telling it from a different perspective. And this is what they're doing with Mulan. They're telling the story of quote unquote Mulan, but just through a totally different lens. And they're only putting the name Mulan there so that Kirk can be happy. And so he can get his residual check. I was in Mulan. Yeah, you were in the don't room. Play. Don't was I play. good? You were in the room. God, I hope I was good. They were like, how about we make the exact same movie? And Kirk was like, <laughs> however. One moment, yeah. Kirk, please. Kirk was the speaking voice of the general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. But when they heard no. him saying, they were just like, let's get Donnie in here. <laughs> yeah, because Kirk can't hit them notes. Let's get Andrew in here. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Donnie Osmond was the singing voice. Mm-hmm. Donnie Yen oh, is playing him now yeah. in the live action version. Sick. That's something. Um, how do you guys feel? Tweet us at... At the Nostalgia Cast? At the Nostalgia Cast. And let us know how you feel. How do you feel about this? <laughs> you want to bite some butts? No. That's crazy. And make sure it's you tweet it on Twitter, according to Kelby. <laughs> Yeah, is this movie uh, a hit, or is it going to bring shame upon your cow? I had to get one in. I just want to know if that cricket's going to be in it. <laughs> I hope not. What do you, got, oh, what do you have against crickets? Th- they've wronged me. I don't know. It's not like, an accurate you know, portrayal of crickets. Yeah, you know, you, I, I feel like you just you want every fantastical element to be stripped out of the movie. Like, you would, like... <laughs> no, I'm good with the witch. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm good with it. Trash. So uh, we've talked about this before on the show uh, several episodes back, but there was a Spawn movie that was in development, and then it sort of got like indefinitely shelved because uh, you know. So Todd McFarlane, he is a he is a comic book artist and writer, uh, one of the founders of Image Comics, which is arguably you know one of the biggest uh, comic book companies in the world. It's basically, you know, regarded uh, either slightly under Marvel and DC or even alongside them as like the top three comic book companies. He co-founded it. He's the creator of Spawn. He is a businessman. Um, he is one of the uh, one of the very few comic book artists in history that has really like been able to take ownership over his own creations and actually make a ton of money and benefit off of comics that he has created because he's just a very smart uh businessman he he has he he has a lot of creative control over his characters such as spawn and he really doesn't want to relinquish any of that or compromise or you know he wants to do everything exactly the way he wants to do it so he's had he struggled to get funding for this movie because you know the movie went in development people were excited about it but i think as kind of things went along uh, the investors and the studios that he was working with kind of just slowly realized, like, oh, this guy 
is not going to compromise with us. He just wants to do this exactly the way that he wants to do it. He wants to do this dark, hard R, super gory thing. And so, he, you know, he slowly kind of lost investors and the movie kind of just like languished into indefinite... Uh, developmental hell. Developmental hell. Uh, but now there's been a development on this, which was kind of alluded to. We talked about it several episodes ago that uh, Todd McFarlane basically came out and said that, you know, after the success and hype of Joker, that there was renewed interest in the Spawn movie. Um, and now he's come out and said that. Uh, so he said in an interview recently, he said, everybody in Hollywood wants an R-rated dark comic book movie. And Spawn is at the top of their list. The phone calls are coming in fast and rapid. I've been talking to a couple of Academy Awards people. I've got the investors getting lined up. It's changed ever since the Joker from uh, uh, from being me begging them to do Spawn dark, uh, dark and Creepy to them asking. So I'm telling you it will happen this year. Man. And I will direct it. There was a Spawn movie. Yes. Right? Yeah, in the 90s. It was Michael, amazing. Michael Jai White was, was Spawn. So it sucked, right? I mean, I loved this. I, I loved I Spawn. I can't remember it. I, so I saw it multiple times in theaters. It was like one of my earliest memories of seeing like a rated R movie in theaters. I, lo- I loved it. Was it, was it a hit? Uh, not, I don't not, think it was. Not, no. not really. Okay. Is, d- okay. is the clown John Leguizamo? Yeah. That's oh, so yeah. fucking good. That's and right. And the president is... Or the 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 real villain, other than the devil, of course, is she one of the sheen not sheen uh, Estevez's? Is it? I, I, or or it's I'm, it's the it's the dad Martin Sheen. It's, I think it's Martin Sheen. I'm draw, I'm kind of pretty drawing sure it's Martin Sheen. Blank on who in the entire. I just fan. remember that John Leguizamo is fantastic. I remember seeing that, and then I've not thought about it until this came up. So I can't remember if that was actually a hit or not. Yeah, Martin so, Sheen. So John Martin Le- Sheen. Gotcha. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, John Leguizano played the Violator, and oh. Martin Sheen played Jason Wynn. Did Todd McFarlane direct that one? No, but he he was like, let me see if let me. Well, he oh, okay. he's credited as a writer, but it's just because he created the characters. But the screenwriter was Alan B. McElroy, but he was heavily involved with it. How much money did he make? Because he owns the character and he has sort of creative control over it. That's very on brand, Kelvin. Anyway, who directed it? Mark Az Dippe. Okay, I don't know who that is. Love, love his work. Do you, are you you really do love his work? I don't know. I've, oh. He, he uh, <laughs> Mark Az Dippe. <laughs> oh, you love his work. <laughs> <laughs> he directed Halloween Town High. That's a good movie, man. Wait, is that the one they didn't put Marnie in? The yeah. real Marnie? It was yeah, still lie. It was kind of. Uh, yeah, he pretty much. He, that's pretty much the only movie he ever really directed. He directed that, and then like. He directed a bunch of just like made for TV stuff. He, he directed, did Pixel Perfect. Yeah, he did Pixel Perfect. Oh, he did Halloween Town Neil, High. Neil Schusterman. He directed a bunch of Garfield like straight to video things. Yeah, I he hate didn't. to say this, but Pixel Perfect is whack. I don't give a shit what you have to say because Pixel Perfect was amazing it, and it, it <laughs> oh made me feel things. Um, he was my first. That guy who wrote Pixel Perfect. I think I told you that he was my first um, mentor. My first writing. Oh mentor. yeah, you did tell me that. Mm-hmm. Was he was he a cool guy? Very good, very very good guy. That's On a forty million dollar budget, it made eighty seven million dollars worldwide. That's not bad. That means it made back at least its uh its production yeah. budget budget, right? Mm. Yeah, that's also in marketing nineties dollars too. So that's oh, nineties dollars. Yeah, back uh, in the day when hitting a hundred million dollars was like damn. That's yeah, crazy. so I guess that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. We oh. we all used Jeffrey dollars back then. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Toys R Us thing. So Todd McFarlane's going to direct this one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. 
It looks like it's going to happen. You want right. to see it? Yeah. Utah? Yeah, absolutely. I'm all, I'm always for Spawn. Make it a make it who, a female who would though. Be a, oh, make it a female. I was gonna say. You want uh, to is wait is Spawn Marvel or DC? Image. Oh oh, make it Tessa Thompson. Kirk. I would, yeah, probably not just because I'm not into that kind of thing. But I'm. Jamie Foxx is gonna play Spawn. Oh, is he? That's already yeah. a thing. Oh, he, he I like said that too. He was gonna do oh, it like that makes two me more years interested. ago. Two or three years. That could be fun. But he's also a little old now. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I mean Spawn. He doesn't he, look it though. He can be Spawn's older. eternal. Yeah. He's yeah. not like a young guy. He's forever young. Sounds good. Thank you. Maybe I'll check it out. Nickelodeon is producing a Squidward show. Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Viacom CBS confirmed today during the company's fourth quarter 2019 earnings call. Nickelodeon is producing a SpongeBob spinoff for Netflix. They said uh, Nickelodeon is the number one kids brand. The reality is our linear platform only reaches 40% of kids today, but we can reach beyond that. So what we are doing as an example with Nick is we're putting a spinoff of SpongeBob on Netflix that will drive direct earnings, but also connect these characters with new fans, benefiting the franchise and related businesses like consumer products or future theatrical films. Uh, so yeah, they're going to do a Squidward show for Netflix. This ain't it. This is going to be depressing as shit. Very. Yeah. I, <laughs> I truly don't give a fuck, but I'm really curious about why, just because of your childhoods, it was... SpongeBob was the best, and no. this is ruining. Uh, That's not it. Yeah, I, okay. I mean, I, I w- SpongeBob was never my favorite. Okay, but it was, I was okay hilarious. with SpongeBob. So why is Squidward spinoff bad? Uh, it's just one of those. It's like who who gives a who shit? Who wants yeah. that? Okay. His, also, okay. his role in the show, he's like um he's like um Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad. Where it's like he's he has his moments and he shines in those moments. I mean, that's a bad example. That is a bad I, I, example. I, 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 <laughs> that is a horrible I'm example. I'm gonna rectify that by ooh, saying Better Call yes. Saul was arguably better than Breaking Bad. All right, mindset. But before Breaking, before Better Call Saul came out, there was this idea that like he played his role so well. So we don't know how well <coughs> it's gonna hold up. So in when Squidward is on SpongeBob, he's the depressing one. He mm-hmm. never wants to be there. He doesn't want to hang out with Sponge. He thinks he's annoying. So it's like there's a possibility this could be a good show, just like Better Call Saul. But for the most part, where I'm sitting right now, it's like, who wants to see a crabby, angry guy mm-hmm. for 22 minutes? You know, okay. he's just annoying. I mean, I'll have over a decade of Kirby enthusiast fans <laughs> to disagree with that. Can, can I try a comparison? It's like Joni and Chachi on Happy Days. Yeah, but nobody nobody wants Joni loves Chachi. Yeah, and like as the leads. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You said Better Call Saul is also better than Breaking Scott Bad. Bay. Yeah, we yeah, made the exactly. same exact face when he said that too. We both looked into the camera. It, the, the it, it, it objectively, or not objectively, it, it, it in my <laughs> opinion, Better Call Saul, the first couple seasons were much stronger than the first couple seasons. Of are you Bad. are you that way because you like the idea that I it see. gave? Oh. That's I a, say it's a tie. That's true. I'm going to be real shitty. Really? I'm going to be shitty and be like, I like them equally. I are think you, they're both great. Are you the just happier with the fact that you can explore I, this single character over over the entire thing? I just think it was a better show. It's not about the concept. Oh. It's about the fact, like, literally, you have somebody who went who created five seasons of, of, of this television show. They had five seasons, six years to really learn those characters, learn that world, improve their craft, and then they just made another show with all those learnings. The the, the pilot episode of Better Call Saul was a fucking masterpiece. I hated it. I also hated it. Oh, I but I also knowing I, I don't understand. I don't. I mean, you guys yeah. are just wrong. Why well, you I mean, hate it? Wh- whether whether or not like okay, whatever. <laughs> it's better. It's what what. 
who cares about the it's better than Breaking Bad? That show is great. The it first is. episode fine. is just boring. It's not. I didn't it's like not it because it felt like they took a commercial turn. When I watched it, I, I felt like Breaking Bad was a little bit more raw and edgy. But I want to know what you guys feel. Tweet us, uh, tweet us at, 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 at the Nostalgia Cast on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. Twitter again. These throws are perfectly timed. If you could just remember our handle, I keep yeah. forgetting it. You're real good. It's, at just, it's the name of the show. <laughs> and I call Black Nostalgia Cast Black. Nope. Dang it. Whatever. <laughs> I keep calling them the wrong name. They're too close. You could write it down. It, it's in my head. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, either way, tell us what you I think. feel like. Is there just like a radioactive site around here that is just affecting you guys where you just like you can't remember anything? You, Don't look at me. Well, you your office is over there. You're I projected. Blame, I blame true. the marijuana. I don't know what you got going on. <laughs> hey, man. Here in this side of Los Angeles, California, it's just... You guys never remember any conversation we've ever had. Sometimes I hear you guys having repeat conversations <laughs> of the same I've, thing I've, that you've I've already talked about. I've, I've been a part of that. And we don't remember at all. At all. No. I think Andrew sometimes make up those conversations in his head. I mean, I don't because they're all recorded. I can. I have. I, it's a case where, in this very rare situation, I have the receipts because these conversations are had during the podcast. Todd, delete the files. <laughs> uh, Sci-Fi has ordered a Day of the Dead series. Uh, first, Chucky, and we talked about that a while back. They're doing a Chucky show. Uh, and now Sci-Fi has given a 10-episode order for a series based on George A. Romero's classic zombie film, Day of the Dead. Um, while the original 1985 film followed a small group of military officers and scientists who dwell in an underground bunker as the world above is overrun by zombies, the Sci-Fi series sounds a bit different. So not a lot of details on that, but they're but they're going into uh, production on a Day of the Dead series. Uh, and, you know... Day of the Dead, it's it's the best one of the trilogy. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. It's the best one. It's a great movie. Fucking love it. Two questions. One, why are they saying it's going to be a bit different, but then they're like, there's no information on it. How do they know it's going to be different if there's no information on it? Plus, I mean, that was just all they teased. They were like, we're doing this, and it's going to be a little twisty. Uh, okay. A little Stay but, tuned. Yeah. Okay. Dawn of the Dead is the one in the mall. Yeah. That's mm. the best one. That is the best one. Not and Day, Day of the Dead. Uh, the I've, I've, Dawn of the Dead is the most popular one. Day of the Dead is the best oh, one. Oh, well, I, Mr. Fancy Pants. Now, question for you. <laughs> I, that would, what, actually, maybe not for Kirk. For you guys. That was oh. like that was like your SNL character that you that you, that you <laughs> that tried. Did, that that you they tried did to want. Yeah. <laughs> That's me auditioning for Mad TV, yeah. and they're like, no. <laughs> you see how they said, like, hey, we're going to bring this back, and it's going to be slightly different. Clearly, so that when it's completely different, nobody's upset. Would you have preferred Disney just did the same thing for Mulan? What do you What do you mean? And just tell yeah. us, like, hey, we're doing a Mulan. It's totally different, but Mulan. I guess. I I feel like maybe. I they, mean, I'm gonna a hundred percent agree with you. There'd be a more there, if it were a different movie. I'm it's done. not a different movie. It's the same movie. So there's no you. reason for them to say that. Right, no, nah, you tripping. <laughs> we're breaking up. Uh. Never. Do we need more <laughs> zombies? Do we need any more zombie? Hundred percent. Why? Because <laughs> zombies are great. Uh, Did anybody you know, go? And we I want to. We need more. We need. We need more better zombies. Because yeah. Walking Dead sucks. Sucked. And so fear the Walking we need a, Dead. We need also a good sucks. zombie show. It Wait. Does? Yeah. Like I'm going to say. Fuck Walking it, Dead. That show sucks. It was good because I loved it. The and first, now, now I watch it just because I'm like I'm seeing it through. 
and I don't I don't particularly like it as much. But you were on board when it first came out. Absolutely, no, I, I you were not. I on was board. I watched the first season and I was like, this sucks. Wow, the first the, season was the, the best season. Nah, it was. It wow, was, it was. It's just. It's such a. It's just. It's just not a good interpretation of and the zombie. You feel the same lore. way with Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, how did wow. Fear the Walking oh. Dead is trash. These, no, they were both these good shows to start. and the comic. I I read the comics early on. I never liked them. It's just it's it's just such a bland interpretation of zombies. There's so many better wow. zombie stories out there. Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead Two, Return of the Living Dead Three, Reanimator, Day of the Dead, Zombie. Uh, fucking. I mean, Zombieland's good, sure. That's the one I know. Fucking. Uh, what 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 are some other? I mean, back in the early days, you know, White Zombie, Walking Dead is just fucking is just. Baby's first zombie show. Fuck, uh, fuck that show. I would. <laughs> wow. I would. Hot if, take. If if this is Ooh. completely different and they do it, maybe I am legend style in 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 George A. Romero's fashion would be really good. If if it kind of came out that uh, zombies are now the the majority and that is becoming the Earth mindset and they start to see humans as possible uh, entities to be afraid of. Because not only is their food source almost gone, so they probably find a new way to eat, but they start to create zombie lore towards these humans who are hunting them. That would be fantastic. I, God, I, I hate like to fucking really say it, but I'm on board. <laughs> I'm on board with that one. I got him. I didn't make that up, guys. That that's the original I Am Legend. That's what it's. Yeah, I know, but, it but in, the, in the in the in the zombie world, yeah. Cut him a chat. Thanks. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> after this. Well, are you there for that, Andrew? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll see it. Yeah, sure. You'd see it more than The Walking Dead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Any day of the week. Wow. I don't the know. only good thing about The Walking Dead is the fucking intro sequence. I love. I love the theme song. Oh my god, that's just a weird yeah. take. Man is a hard critic. Dog. Wow. I've only seen one. Episode, I'm afraid to so show you my zombie project once it's done. But do people really need zombies? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was gonna say that. Zombieland 2 came out. Nobody spoke about it. The last zombie thing, I honestly didn't know Zombieland or whatever the TV show you were just talking about was still on TV. I didn't know Fear of the Zombies was still on TV. Fear the Walking Dead. Well, Fear yeah. of the Zombies. Yeah, it, do we need more of this? I don't think I, I, I can never get enough of zombies. Um, do you think they're the like the apex of v- villains? Like they're they're the they're the one thing that people are always going to be afraid of or something? Is there a reason behind why you think they're so great? All, I mean, we we talked about this before, but all all horror, all horror lore and iconography is all based on human fear, mm-hmm. and uh, zombies are something that you can shape into any contemporary human fear. They're 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 a very malleable iconography to, to utilize. In so, fact, it's probably a good time because the, of the coronavirus. Yeah. And they oh. can write that in. I mean, yeah, you know what? Yeah. yeah. The, the, um, million dollar idea. I just yeah. For free. Let, let's, let's go through this, this timeline a little bit. This has been sort of transpiring over the last couple weeks. And I just want to like unpack this. So Flavor Flav. Okay. Was fired from the, from public enemy after 35 years. And this is what happened. Public Enemy announced they are permanently moving forward without Flavor Flav, firing one of hip-hop's most memorable hype men. The abrupt dismissal comes just two days after the rapper sent a cease and desist letter to Bernie Sanders over Chuck D's concert at the campaign's Los Angeles rally Sunday. 
And I'm just going to go through this, like, rather than just reading off of this copy or whatever. But so basically what happened was Bernie Sanders was having a rally. Chuck D, who is founding member of Public Enemy and also the sole owner of sort of the copyright of the brand, he has this offshoot of Public Enemy called Public Enemy Radio. So they announced that they were doing a free show as part of this rally. And it was sort of advertised as Public Enemy Radio, but like if you look at the flyer, the way that they like wrote Public Enemy, it's like it says Public Enemy and then radio is just tiny. So they were clearly kind of trying to mm. like make people think that it was Public Enemy when it was really like this offshoot thing. It's just Chuck D and then a couple other different MCs yeah, that much like the Mulan thing. aren't OG members yeah. of, of Public Enemy. So this was all uh, advertised. And so what happened was Flavor Flav had his lawyer send a cease and desist letter to Bernie Sanders of like, you were promoting that public enemy is performing at your show unauthorized without my permission. I didn't, I'm not performing there. I did not authorize this. I have never, I've not, I'm not officially endorsing Bernie Sanders uh, for uh, the democratic candidate or for president. Uh, and this is sort of like illegally misrepresenting uh, that public enemy as a whole, which I am a part of, is endorsing Bernie Sanders. So in response to this, Chuck D came out and he was like, basically like, fuck him. Mm -hmm. He's basically just a like corporate or he's, he's basically just, yeah, he's basically just a corporate tap dance man at this point. Uh, he just, he goes on these reality shows. He, he'll only do things for money. He'll, and he, he specifically said uh, he would rather dance for his money than do benevolent things. So essentially what Chuck D, Chuck D said was is that they were doing this benefit show for free. Uh, they extended the offer for Flavor Flav, to be, Flavor Flav to be a part of it and for Public Enemy to perform. And Flavor Flav said no because he wanted to get paid. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, okay, well, f all right. And so he did it uh, as Public Enemy Radio. Uh, and it was you know, they were doing it for free as a benefit for this, for this rally. I guess this was apparently the last straw for Chuck D. And he basically you know went on this tirade and was like this is not the first time this has happened Flav like refuses to ever do these benefit shows you know he sort of goes against everything that public enemy stands for because we've always stood for like supporting these grassroots issues and you know we should be out there you know donating our time to helping these these campaigns and standing up for things that we believe in uh you know in 2016 uh, Harry Belafonte's social justice organization was doing uh, this big uh, benefit show. And uh, once again, Public Enemy wanted to perform there, but Flavor Flav refused because they weren't going to get paid because they were doing it for free. And he said, like, this was it. Like, this was the final straw. Like, that like that caused, whenever he did that in 2016, it caused a huge rift in our relationship. We haven't really talked since. There was never any, like, official thing, but we really just have not work together we haven't talked in you know uh in four years and now like this is the final straw so that happened and then a couple days later they came out with a statement and chuck d was like yeah we're uh, flavor flav is fired mm -hmm. so they fired him from public enemy flavor flav came back and was basically like oh you're gonna let like politics ruin a relationship after 35 <laughs> years like i'm not your employee you can't fire me or whatever and then chuck d's uh, lawyers was like, well, Chuck D owns the sole copyright of the band. It's his band. He can perform as Public Enemy whenever he wants, and he has the the power to kick you out. 
And so, you know, a couple a couple of more uh, tweets uh, from Chuck D talking about this. He said of Flavor Flav, he said uh, if uh, he said in regards to the rally with Bernie Sanders, if there was a bag, Flav wouldn't be that would be would have been there front and center. He will not do free benefit shows. Sued me in court the first time I let him I let him back in. His ambulance lawyer sued me again on Friday, and so now he stays home and better find rehab. Um, wow. And so he says, I, I, I built, uh, I built uh, public enemy radio. So it does benefits at fundraisers. He said he never, he's never going to do them. So his refusal to do the Harry Belafonte show in 2016 uh, was, you know, really just ma- caused a riff. And this was sort of like the final straw of it. Uh, he said a bunch of other stuff. He just kind of went on this rant, but ultimately uh, what culminated is um, that flavor Flay was officially kicked out of public enemy because of this Bernie Sanders rally. So, you know, come the results of these, this primary election, if if it sort of ends up at the end of the day that uh, Bernie Sanders is, does not win the primary and Joe Biden is elected to become the Democratic candidate, and that's sort of the end of uh, Bernie Sanders' can- campaign for the 2020 election, at the very least, he can look back and say, I caused Flavor Flav <laughs> to get fired from Public <laughs> Enemy. It's um, a- odd story with a lot of yeah odd components to it my first question because there's a lot to unpack there is why is flavor Flav sending a cease and desist order to bernie sanders shouldn't it be a cease and desist order to public enemy radio no yeah i think it was i think it's because if there was some kind of unauthorized use of ip i think the bernie sanders campaign would be the responsible yeah but it's not it's uh, not. Right. It is though. But in the premise, no, well, it's, it's, it's not. not because it's his event it's and Chuck he's promoting D's. his event. He's promoting Bernie Sanders' event with a performance featuring Public Enemy slash Public Enemy Radio. So he's the end. The event is the overall component, and they are. Yeah. You know, so well, yeah, you know, that's, yeah, that's what you're. Yes, you're, you're the, but they would be responsible. But the Chuck, issue is the issue is Chuck D owns it. Flavor Flav does not. Sure, but they are also well. That, I think that is the that is the issue there, mm-hmm. where he's. Do, do you know if the po- if the poster says "Public Enemy Chuck D"? It says "Public Enemy Radio," but he but, owns, but it does he owns Flav, both. Uh, but they're clear. Flav. No, is there yeah. an image of him on there. No, I, oh, well. yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think the reasoning behind it is if he just went after Chuck D, nobody would be talking about it, other than maybe the rap or the hip hop community. Mm-hmm. But he went after presidential candidate yeah. Bernie Sanders, and it got him a bunch of clout for it. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily it either. Like, I don't know why Flavor Flav would be like, "Yeah, I went against Bernie Sanders." Like, I mean, when's the last time you heard about Flavor Flav other than this? I mean, Flavor Flavor is just kind of like he's in his legendary status at this point. So I don't think he's like chasing that. But I, <laughs> I, it's a little confusing. Like it's at confusing this point where, yeah, because it's, his name is not on it. But at the same time, he's a part of the group. So maybe he doesn't want the ceremony or the event to promote it as if he's endorsing yeah. him. You know what I mean? He's a part of the group, but it's technically chuck d's group like even in the the history of it he brought flavor Flav in it was chuck d and the bomb squad that was 
the the producing partners of Chuck D. They were they were the big part of Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. And then Philip and Flav came in and they're like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. He's a great hype man. He we can give him some some songs to rap onto. Mm-hmm. So it's always been Chuck's D, whether it's Public E, Public Enemy or Public Enemy Radio, I, I believe it's always been Chuck D. So for Flavor mm-hmm. Flav, like you can't do this. Chick D's like, mm, I can. Is is there any merit to in in the last 10 to 15 years, pu- uh, Public Enemy was um, Flavor Flav just because he was so famous out of no. the entire group. No. No, I don't think anyone knew. I, like, he was the most famous one because of uh, Flavor of Love. That's what I mean. Stuff. That but stuff I, is but, what I mean. But I don't think anyone knew. His fame, I don't think it was attached to Public Enemy. I gotcha. think I think no. probably 98% of people who were a fan of him through being in reality TV show, probably just had no idea yeah. that he was even in that group. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, Public Enemy kind of starts and ends with Chuck D. I it, on on Flavor of Love, I remember hearing a lot Public Enemy number one. That's because it's their it's their kind of tagline. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's, it's in Public Enemy to the group. Yeah. In uh, so but they would they would they would use that as his title constantly. But they would call him Flav would say, and Public Enemy Number One. But that's why Chuck D would say, "You're doing all these reality shows, acting gotcha. like a goof, and it doesn't represent yeah what well, what do. Public Enemy really means." Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. I also, um, fun fact, I went to a Public Enemy concert in 1994 in Chicago, and I was like, "This is gonna be the greatest concert ever." <laughs> uh, it started late. It uh, started with like five acts that were like just recently signed to Chuck D. So I had, we had no idea who they were. And then Public Enemy came out, rocked it for half an hour, and then we're like, good night. That was the concert. That, that was the it. fucking worst. Oh, I was kind of hammered. So Any okay good, any good, like whatever they're called, whatever you said they Open, were. Openers? Oh, no. Yeah, openers? No, everyone was kind of like, who are they? Oh, I don't know. It was like these acts that they just signed. Yeah, every, every like, every especially in the 90s, every like rapper that gets big just immediately starts cultivating like this this like still roster today. of like still thing of still. like proteges mm. that they start like yeah. hyping yeah and like 90 percent of them just never take off or, or go anywhere yeah and then, like every once in a while one of them actually becomes like a real thing Damn. yeah but that half hour of public enemy was was wonderful oh. but we had to go through like five acts of like i have no idea who this person Damn. is mm-hmm. um but it's still a it's a it's a you know it's it's harsh when like Chuck D yeah he did all the Twitter stuff but then he made the official we thank him for his time with uh, oh, Public Enemy we yeah. wish him all the best and you're like that's like such we're done yeah, yeah and they and they the ultimate like fucking power move fuck you thing was the was they issued the statement on this like official legal like oh, like did they? letter with like all of the current existing members of Public Enemy, their names on it, and then they all like their big flourishing signatures. Wow. So it's not just like, oh, Chuck D's doing this. Like every member of Public Enemy, like, so- like deliberately signed this paper saying, like, you're kicked out of the band. Wow, I didn't know that. It, the <laughs> only way it could have gotten colder is if they're like, good luck with your future endeavors. Yeah. And that's just and like, they, we're, just, we're out. they repossessed all of his clocks. Wow. I mean, to be honest with you, it seems like they've had just longstanding beef. Um, I heard Flavor Flav saying, you know, uh, you're pretty much making fun of the fact that I was a drug addict, but he's been clean for 10 years. And I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why Flavor Flav doesn't want to put his neck on the line, per se, and endorse somebody. But it, it just seems like they're 
they've just been done with each other for a long time. Yeah. So at this point, it was just like this was like right. the final yeah, straw. It, like I don't think either one of them care that much. Mm-hmm. Like Flavor Flav can find something to do because he's the more famous name uh, of the two. He can go do something and be just fine. So I think it was just kind of like a, all right, hmm. yeah, you know, hmm. that sucks. Speaking of legendary parting of ways. Didn't even plan that. Uh, Indiana Jones fans are calling for the cancellation of the film after Steven Spielberg quits as director. Oh, (laughs) fuck, I don't care. (laughs) Indiana Jones fans have been left reeling following the news that Steven Spielberg has stepped out of directing the new film. The filmmaker will remain on the project as a hands-on producer and is expected to give the directing reign to Ford versus Ferrari's James Mangold. Uh, This will make the fifth the untitled fifth Indiana Jones film, the first of the franchise in, 30, in its 39-year history to not be directed by Spielberg. Um, his decision was inspired by a desire to pass the character's legacy along to a new generation to bring their perspective to the story. Let's pass this on to a new generation. So James Mangold, who's been directing since like the early 90s, yeah. if not the late 80s. Yeah. Following the announcement, which was reported by Variety, fans have been expressing their shock on social media. Uh, and just a quick little curation of a couple of the uh, responses on uh, of like tweets and things like that from from like journalists and things like that. Uh, in my mind, literally the only reason you do an Indiana Jones five would be to course correct after Crystal Skull. This was Spielberg's chance to leave the franchise on a high note, basically a do over. So with him out of the equation, I don't know why you would do this. Period. Um, another one. Uh, okay, now I'm really angry. So now we have an Indiana Jones movie with neither Spielberg or Lucas. Why are you doing this, Disney? Spielberg. Um, Spielberg. Uh, the lack of Steven Spielberg in the director's chair, along with George Lucas not producing, means Indiana Jones has joined Star Wars as one of the as the as once defining cinematic franchises that are now just another piece of Disney IP. People are dumb. Have a lot to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like nothing to do. Rather, mm. people have so much time on their hands. That's the thing you're going to be enraged about. It's stupid. I get it. Do, do you, you get why they're enraged? Yeah, I okay. get why they're enraged, but oh. I I don't get that angry about movies but i i, I do think it's dumb it's just like i guess Wait, spielberg's not a fucking directed of course spielberg well, so gave what? us the last one in which he got into a fridge to get away from a nuclear blast and it was aliens whose skulls levitated and then turned an old ruined uh arc uh site into a spaceship I don't give a fuck. He made the last one suck balls. Give yeah, me it, fucking Jones versus Croft from this guy a million times over instead. So you're saying you're saying you you literally give us dozens and dozens of just fucking industry defining yeah. touch tone <laughs> childhood defining films. And then, of, you, and then you make one bad thing uh, and then fuck you. I'm not saying fuck you completely. I'm saying stop making movies once you stop making this movie, this franchise, once you've ruined it. That last movie was terrible. That's just one. Let somebody else try. Mistake in a a fucking. Like Spielberg has a handful of. Didn't Spielberg go back and and replace replace all the bad stuff in uh, Indiana Jones as well with like fucking radios and shit? No, first of all, it's E.T. E.T. And second of all, the studio made them do that because they wanted the movie to be more kid-friendly. And he had no say over that? I mean, if if people I don't... I mean, 
as much as any director has. I over mean, did people get mad that studio. Lucas didn't direct the rest of the Star Wars? Why would you get mad about this? Uh, well, that the reason for that is because people weren't as mad about George Lucas not directing the new Star Wars movies because George Lucas had become a hated figure in the Star Wars fandom okay. because of the prequels. At that point, everyone just, you know, it's like you either die the hero or live long enough to become mm-hmm. the villain. He had thoroughly tarnished his own legacy and become known by his own fans as the as the guy who ruined Star Wars. So by the time uh, Episode Seven was coming out, people were excited about a fresh perspective and Lucas not being involved with it. Okay, okay, I'm gonna give a hot take. Okay, this James Mangold directed one will be better than Temple of Doom. Probably. I mean, but it'll be better than Last Crusade. Will it be better than the original? No, it will not. But well, it's anything? going to be better than the the following. It's three. not going to be better than Last Crusade. Temple of Doom. That's Temple of Doom is the most regarded as worst one. Is that regarded worse than the? Because I didn't see the last one. Oh. Uh, is it considered worse than Crystal Skull? No. Oh, <clears throat> really? Or yeah, no. Oh. I mean, yeah, Crystal Skull is like that's oh, the worst gotcha, one. Gotcha. So he's really but, only- but the original trilogy, the Temple of Doom, Temple, is, yeah. is the is the so, weakest. I mean, like. He's only batting fifty percent, and only half of the people think it's fifty. Most think yeah. it's yeah. I mean, think I like 25. Last Crusade, but it's not great. So I think I think I bet you this one's just as good, if not better, than the following three. Do you think? Do you think George Lucas would have made a better following three uh, Star Wars? No, I mean, I I I, I really enjoyed uh, Force Awakens. I love the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and Rise of Skywalker was eh. Right, but uh. No, I mean, I, I, no matter no matter what revisionist history people try to do now, that like they hate the new movies, so they're like being like falsely nostalgic for the prequels. The prequels fucking suck. Yeah, the prequels yeah. are terrible. They're terrible. I don't care how much you want to pretend like they're not that bad because you hate the new movies so much. Those movies are fucking awful. But that's basically what I'm getting at. I don't want to give Spielberg three more chances to ruin the franchise just so we can half reboot it for. I definitely do. 10 I, years I, later. I would give Spielberg infinite. Chances. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, that's fair. I love Steven Spielberg so much. I will let him do anything, do you, and I will forgive him. You don't like you, do, do you do things? Do you forgive him for his shitty movies because he has shitty movies? Name will, three. 1941, Crystal Skull, and uh, I'm going to give. Oh, 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 AI. Okay. No. Nope. Yeah. Ready nope. play, the ending ready of AI one. is trash. Nope. Ready Player One yep. was bar bad. I, I love. I want to see that. A, I AI is an underrated gem. Nah. I, I love AI. People who don't like AI just don't it's, understand. It's poopy. It's I not. I love HJO. It's, it's really so. good. No. AI is a great movie, no. and I have he, he watched ru- it many, he, ru- many times. he ruined Cubic's uh, vision. So AI is a great movie. <laughs> when I it's saw, a, it's a highly underrated classic that was. Misunderstood in its time and ruined by and had and had bad marketing, but it was a very good movie. And I blame Spielberg for that. Cool. It was still a big old movie, though. Big old. No, it was like it was like kind (laughs) of a it was kind of a it was it was a flop, and it was sort of regarded as like oh Spielberg made a dud, but the movie is great, and I fucking love it. What what's the Will Smith AI movie called? That uh, iRobot. Okay. Uh, Also good. (laughs) When I saw that, um... no, iRobot's not good. Oops. Um, did you like Ready Player One? No. Okay. A piece of shit. See, he's that's got a, a Spielberg movie. But that's yeah. what I'm getting. Okay. So when I saw that Bad Boys Three wasn't going to be directed by Michael Bay, I almost tweeted. You know, <gasps> tweeted. But and tweeted. then I realized, meh. 
Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Michael Bay sucks, so who gives a fuck? Okay. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll allow you to have that. But um, Michael Bay f- sucks. He doesn't. You're telling me you don't like Transformers? No. Oh. The first one? No. Now you bug me. The Transformers movies are terrible. They're the terrible. first one. The first You're one. You're crazy. Yes, the first yes, one. The first, one. the first one was good. I don't give a shit. No, the first, the first one, one they're, they're, they suck. The first one was solid. Michael that, Bay is a hack. Even the even the storyline was solid on the first one. It's, uh, I would. <sighs> the only good movies that Michael Bay has ever made are The Rock and Bad Boys 2. The Rock and is Bad fantastic. Boys 1. And this one on and I Netflix, put those in order because Bad Boys 2 is better than of. Bad Boys 1. What? Pearl Harbor? Six, eight under? No. What's the what's the what's the Netflix movie that he just did with Ryan Reynolds? Six people. <coughs> Six Underground. Remember. Six Underground. That's fucking great. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. If you're not expecting like makes no sense. Uh, like amazing it's zero sense. Zero right? logic. It's, yeah, but it's still amazing it's great. To watch. It, it, I am not a Michael Bay fan, yeah. and then I watched that twice over Christmas. I was like, oh, that's good. Michael Bay is a fucking hack who somehow accidentally made three pretty good movies so when i saw that michael bay wasn't directing i was a little bit peeved but uh once it simmers down you watch and you're like oh it's actually pretty good uh you come and realize that the franchise or whatever the brand of the movie is might sometimes be a little bit bigger than one person's vision so i'm not gonna tyler it and say we don't need him to come back and all this jazz i'm gonna keep my panties not in a bunch, but if they want to put my man Jay Mang, you know, behind the camera, go for it. You know, me makes good movies, and I think he's one of those chameleons that like he will give you what you need, what you want. So uh, make it. I loved everything you said, particularly how you just nicknamed James Mangold. Jay Mang, man, that's my guy. Last story before we take a quick break. Um, sometimes I always put these little things at the end that are only really going to appeal to me. Um, Hasbro, uh, I'm assuming is some sort of tie-in promotion with the new movie, is going to relaunch a reissue of the real Ghostbusters Kenner toy line from the uh, 80s and 90s. Yeah. I had tons of these toys growing up. Uh, have tons of uh, nostalgic feelings for them. Uh, one of the, one of the best toy lines uh, in existence, the the late seventies and all throughout the eighties, Kenner dominated the uh, the toy industry. They did the Star Wars toys, they did the real Ghostbusters toys, they did the Robin Hood toys, the Kevin Costner thing. Yeah, they That's did. Really they, funny. They did the Terminator two toys, uh, among tons of other ones. Um, I loved the Kenner toys when I was a kid. I had all of them, and I had a bunch of these real Ghostbusters toys, um, and they were they were great because you know the the Ghostbusters toys were were really cool because you could like spray them with water and they would like change colors like they got slimed, but then also like the ghosts and monsters were like really awesome and they were just really great and inventive and you know well like gr- good paint job good paint deco. Good articulation, good uh, sculpting, just a great line of toys. And they're going to reissue these um, as sort of like a throwback. So when they do these things, they basically they take the original molds that were used in this uh, in this actual toy line, and then they just recast a new production line of these. So they'll be like the actual authentic toys uh, because they're using the exact same molds, just you know with new paint deco and obviously you know, mm-hmm. using, utilizing new production technology that exists now. And you'll be buying them. I will definitely. Right. For what movies? 
this come out? Ghostbusters. Well, I mean, it's the the, the, oh, the, the, oh, oh. the new Ghostbusters movie. The one with the uh, kids from what's the name of that show that everybody likes? Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Well, Finn Wolfhard is in it. Oh, okay, okay. No other Stranger. He is the kids though. So. Oh god. Okay. Um, but the, but but it's funny because these uh, these this toy line is not from it's not from the new movie and it's not even from the original movie. This is the real Ghostbusters toy line, so it's from the cartoon. Which is probably even more exciting for you. I love yeah. it. I would yeah. love it if it was from the Ghostbusters toy line, which oh, yeah. is just like a mm-hmm. like a gorilla and two randos. I mean, those toys were cool too. <laughs> That'd have been cool. Uh, How much do you think it'll cost? Uh, the running rate for like a like a, a mass produced uh, action figure, like that's not like a smaller produced like collectible line. Uh, you can you you can get most like uh, seven inch scale. Toys for like nine ninety nine. That's usually the oh. run the running price for a single action like seven inch scale action figure. So uh, like something so, so like this Th- this right here is like a mainstream mass produced uh, seven inch scale action figure. This was at the time when I bought this in like twenty thirteen. This was like eight ninety nine. It'd probably be like it'd probably be like ten ninety nine <laughs> now. That's kind of expensive. Something like this uh-huh. would be maybe like. Seven or eight bucks or something like that, uh, and then you know something like this. This is a this is a more like like collect. These are like you know more collectible, uh, you know the higher quality toys. They're made with better materials. They're made with better detail, better paint jobs, better articulation. They're made in smaller batches, um, and they're made more for collectors. So like I think this was like thirty bucks, and this came in a set of all four turtles. It was a Comic Con exclusive, and it the whole thing cost a hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. Um, but but these these smaller mass-produced toys you can get for like 10 bucks a figure. So Man, I better be prepared when y'all have these kids and they want these toys. Have <laughs> oh, but this job. is, Save speaking of money. Much, so this is, this is a, uh, they, they, Kenner had the alien uh, toy line as well. Mm. And this is a Kenner uh, power loader. I thought that was a transformer. Which is, which is, time. I thought it was a taxi cab. So yeah. these, <laughs> these toys existed, uh, uh, the, these Kenner toys for the alien uh, toy line existed. And it's funny because, Similarly to the real Ghostbusters toy line, these were produced based on uh, the alien cartoon. And you might be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, there was an alien cartoon? No, there wasn't. I was going to say. They were produced based on a alien cartoon that was in production. They produced a handful of episodes, but the show was never released. So the alien toy line from Kenner was based on a show that never actually came out. Hmm. Is Kenner still in business? Uh no, Kenner Kenner does not exist anymore, and their their cattle their Hasbro owns the the Kenner line, mm. so they they own the rights to all the Kenner toys. So, as as the children that bought these things or that got these things as gifts and really wanted them as uh, kids grow up and become the financial powerhouses of the nation, do you think we're giving these companies just like an out to be lazy because we're like? so nostalgic that they could just remake shit they already have uh, or I mean, do I, they not have to be creative anymore is what i'm getting at that's the most tyler question yeah, I you've done in a while i don't i for, for me from my perspective i don't regard this as being lazy i find it i find it very cool and fascinating the idea of and probably a lot of work does i mean it's probably harder to do this than it is to start a new toy line because they gotta they gotta 
find all these original molds. They got to clean them. They've got to like reassemble them. They've got to integrate them into their new systems. Like it's probably no easy feat to to bust out some old uh, molds from the '80s and then like put them back into production. So I don't I, I don't really regard it as being lazy. If anything, it's probably more difficult than the way that they produce toys now because they you know they have so many new pieces of technology. The way that they make toys now is much more efficient. It's obviously a you know kind of you know cheaper and uh, in many regards less uh, lower quality. Um, so now they got to bust out these old molds that were done in like an older way, you know, more time intensive, more expensive, so on and so forth. So I'm assuming they're probably not going to produce a lot of these, hmm. uh, but I definitely definitely would like to grab some. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to watch the uh, the new trailer for the Scooby-Doo movie Scoob that just came out. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hot news, hot news, hot news. This segment is now called Live Dive. During the break, first of all, have you you ever been waiting outside of a bathroom? Oh, God. And it's taking like a long time, like like an inordinate amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then the person finally comes out and you go in and it doesn't smell like poop at all. And you're just like, that guy was banging rails in here. Because <laughs> that just happened to me. Nice. Uh, during the break, <laughs> a piece of news broke. Yeah. Ooh. And we got we to gotta, we gotta fucking investigate this right now. Yes. Because there are conflicting pieces of news. So mm-hmm. Kirk sent me, uh, he found an article that he just saw on his computer while we were on the break. And it says that Netflix is, re- wait a minute. No, you you read it wrong, Kirk. Wait, did I read it wrong? Yeah. Oh, too fast. Yeah, you. you, God damn it. Read it too fast. I thought this was gonna be like a really cool thing, (laughs) but it turns out that you are just dad beats. Yeah. (laughs) Did I should have emailed it to myself? No, read read what you sent. Wait, hang on, let me see. It says in the Slack. It says Amazon. Yeah. It doesn't say Netflix. Sorry. (laughs) I thought we were gonna get into some special lightning in a bottle here. Damn. Never mind. What is Kirk it? said that Kirk said that Kids in the Hall was being rebooted or revived at Netflix, and then Tyler was like, uh, "I heard that it was being revived at Amazon," and and mm. and Kirk was like, "No, it's just Netflix." And so I thought we were gonna have to like dig and just figure out what was going on, but no, it's just oh. Kirk just read the article wrong. Uh, Sorry, the reports at, that I'm getting, wah, wah. the reports that <laughs> that I'm getting is something we can look into whether or not it's going to just be Amazon Prime Canada or if it's going to be streamed in America too. Yeah, but just too quickly, you know, right. since this is breaking news, uh it literally just dropped like I saw that like every every article that was posted about this was posted 30 minutes ago. Um they're reviving um Kids in the Hall on Amazon yeah. Prime. Wherever it's at, it's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you guys think it's just cuz you know, you go through your life, <laughs> you accomplish things you find success you you know get so far you find fulfillment you chase the dream and you accomplish it and you go as far as you can and accomplish as much as you can and in some days brown stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's my favorite kids my favorite kids in the sketch that's good now now going off of that we are going to watch the trailer for the new Scooby-Doo movie, which they, <laughs> the, technically a trailer has already come out for this, but it was like a very kind of brief 
<laughs> shorter trailer that didn't give a whole lot of detail. And today, the final trailer for the show or for the movie just dropped. And uh, I think this movie's coming out in like May. We're getting our final look, our final, more extended look at the movie before it comes out in May. In theaters? Yeah. Oh, sorry. So this is the trailer for oh, oh, Scoob. Trash. Shaggy is voiced by Will Forte. Scooby is voiced by Frank Welker, who is also the voice of Fred. Am I the only person that can't hear any of this? I hear it very softly. Okay. You can't hear it? I, hear it I have really softly. bad hearing. So I hear it if, everybody, if everybody else is hearing it, that's I can hear it softly. Softly. Daphne is Amanda Seyfried. I love her. Fred is Zac Efron, and uh, <gasps> I love him. Velma is Gina Rodriguez. The first ever time Velma has ever said the N-word. Facts. Was, it, was that she got in trouble for that? Yeah. What? Gina Rodriguez like, oh. got in trouble for using like singing a rap song in a TikTok video and like saying oh, the n-word this is I, I as much as i want to see this i'm a huge scooby-doo fan by the way in case you didn't know yeah that part bothers me i don't like that i don't like their explanation for why his name is scooby-doo it really, it really annoys me that they. Why? What's the real story? I mean, the real. There's no real story. It's just that's his name. Oh. But I hate whenever things try to like go back and explain something, and it's like, it just kind of makes it dumb. Like in Solo, when they were like, "Oh, his name is Han Solo because he was like going through this checkpoint," and they were like, "Who are you with?" And he was like, "Nobody," and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna call you Solo," and like that's why his name is Han Solo. That's just so much more dumb to me than like. That his name is Solo, and I don't, I don't like that in this. That the reason why his name is Scooby Doo is because he was like improvising during like somebody questioning him about owning the dog. I don't like this Scooby Dooby Doo. That's cool. I mean, that, that's his name, but I don't like the explanation for why they he's named that. It's annoying to me. I guess our new movie is an origin story. Every hero should have one. I want the Rock to play me. That's a good cast. Yeah. There a good were, cast. Uh, yeah. I mean, other than that slight annoyance, that that just bugs me in in like prequels and stuff like that. Whenever they like explain the origin of something and just in a really dumb, almost like I. This is the thing I don't like. I don't like whenever somebody capitalizes off of the cultural cachet of some kind of nostalgic property, but in capitalizing off of that, they pick and choose things that they are sort of embarrassed to represent and then they present them in a mocking way or they're like making fun of it as being dumb. It's like, oh yeah, like people love this, but this part of it's dumb. So we're going to like make fun of that. And that really bothers me because it's like, if you're going to take this beloved thing that people really like and capitalize off of its cultural cachet, like own it, own all pay of it. homage to it, celebrate it. Don't, fucking choose little things and like make fun of them yeah mulan <laughs> like as good as good as as good as the uh the original x-men movies are one of the most annoying parts of it is like little little moments like whenever they are getting their costumes which in the in the movies they all wear these like just like black leather 
like flight suits instead of the actual costumes that they the characters have in the comics. And there's a scene where like Wolverine is just like, oh, I don't know about these. And then I think I think it's uh, Cyclops, James Marsden, who's just like, well, what would you rather wear? Yellow spandex. Oh, and it's yeah. just like, yes, Absolutely. we do want him to wear the yellow spandex. That's exactly what we want. That's his costume. Did anybody else see Rosie in there? The little uh, no the, the robot from <laughs> Rosie the, the robot. Yeah, from from She's the Jetsons. A, oh, She's yeah. in it, and then no Dick Dastardly is in it. He's yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, it's it's the 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 movie is supposed to be kickstarting a like Hanna Barbera cinematic universe. Oh, okay. So thing is a cinematic. So that's universe. why like it's a Scooby Doo yeah. movie, but like the main thing is like they get zapped into a spaceship with the Blue Falcon, which the Blue Falcon is another oh, Hanna yeah. Hanna Barbera yeah, yeah, yeah. character. What do you gotta say? I didn't say anything. We all knew. I'm just yeah. listening. Gosh, is there a reason though? Like, why not just get Matthew Lillard? To play <laughs> Shaggy, um, the thing. So the thing about that is there was there was some controversy whenever it was announced that whenever the, they announced the movie and they showed that like Zac Efron's gonna be playing uh, Fred and and Will Forte's gonna be playing uh, Shaggy. Uh, it was really controversial within like the fandom of Scooby Doo because Frank Welker has voiced Fred from the beginning, nineteen sixty eight. He has been the voice of Fred since nineteen sixty eight. Casey Kasem was the voice of Shaggy, you know, at this from the same time. But you know, obviously Casey Kasem passed away. So whenever Casey Kasem passed away, the mantle of Shaggy was passed down to Matthew Lillard. He played him in the movie, and then he sort of inherited being that voice. So from the time that Casey Kasem passed away, Matthew Lillard was the voice of Shaggy in every Scooby Doo thing from that point Even on. Even like animated stuff. Everything. That's oh. the that's the thing. And the, the, oh. the, those those character those those voice actors sort of inherit those roles, mm-hmm. and they sort of get tapped to play them all the time. Like they never recast them. So in every iteration of Scooby Doo, which there's been a billion of them, mm-hmm. you know, there was you know Scooby Doo Where Are You, which was the first series, and then there was the Scooby Doo Show, which was the second series. There's two seasons of Scooby Doo Where Are No, there's three seasons of Scooby Doo Where Are You, and then they rebooted the show as the Scooby Doo Show, and then they had the Scooby and Scrappy Show, and then they had uh, the Scooby Doo Movies, and then they had and Scooby Doo Movies was a show, but it was called the Scooby Doo Movies, and then it was and then there was Scooby Doo and the Thirteen Ghosts, and then they had uh, a pup named Scooby Doo in the '80s, and then they had uh, What's New Scooby Doo in the early 2000s, and then they had. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby get a clue, and then they had most recently they had Be Cool Scooby Doo, and then Scooby Doo Guess Who. Uh, so all these different iterations of the show, and all of the straight to DVD movies. There's a million straight to DVD Scooby Doo movies, and Frank Welker has voiced Scooby Doo in all of those, every single one of them. Casey Kasem was Shaggy in all of them up until the point that he passed away. In which, well, a little bit before he passed away, in uh, Mystery Incorporated, uh, which I've left out, but. That was before Be Cool Scooby Doo. Uh, he was getting older, and he was kind of like he. I think he had he was dealing with some health issues, so he passed along the mantle of of Shaggy to Matthew Lillard. So Matthew Lillard was the voice of Shaggy in Mystery Incorporated and some of the Scooby Doo straight to DVD movies around that time. And then Case Kasem passed away, and Matthew Lillard has been the voice ever since then. Daphne and Velma have sort of like been less consistent, but other than that, the other voices have been very consistent. So it was it was a huge controversy when they announced this movie and they announced that Fred and Shaggy were not going to be voiced by the voice actors who sort of own those characters and have the mantle. Uh, and even as far as like Matthew Lillard like tweeted on that day when the news was announced being like, this is 
the first I'm hearing about it too, like, oh, this feels great. Like, you know, he was really bummed about mm-hmm. it. Um, and people were freaking out and being like, you should have had Matthew Lillard in this. It should be Frank Welker or whatever. Uh, now, as much as I love those actors in those roles, and I do, I would love for them to be the actors in those roles, I think the thing that people aren't realizing is they have been the voice actors in those roles exclusively in television and straight to DVD. Mm-hmm. The last time that there was ever a theatrical film about Scooby-Doo, which was the Scooby-Doo movies in the 90s, the whole cast was recast. That's where Matthew Lillard came from. Freddie Prince Jr. played Freddie. Mm-hmm. Matthew Lillard was Shaggy. So the last time that it was ever adapted into a theatrical release, they recast everybody. They didn't make Frank Welker. They, they didn't make a 50-year-old dude <laughs> play Fred. I would have um, loved that. <laughs> so so I, I don't think this is out of the ordinary because this is, this is the first theatrical release of Scooby-Doo since then. And of course, they're going to find like stars, b- bigger yeah. hit stars to draw mm-hmm. for yeah. the, for the show. That's just what they do. Sense. And uh, Freddie Prince Jr. had a great quote about that actually, because somebody talked about him and was like, uh, "You know, do, what do you feel about this?" And he was like, "This is just how it is. Like, you get older, you pass the mantle. They're going to find younger kids and bigger names to be like. It, just, it makes perfect sense. I'm not. I'm not mad about this. Yeah. Business. Uh, that's that's what upset. he said, and I, and I I tend to agree with him. While, but, while I love. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy, and uh, Frank Welker is a fucking le- living legend. <laughs> he is—he's everything. He was the lion roars in Lion King. I just—I um, think it's more I personal. Just, I just think it—it it, it just makes sense from a from a business and logistical standpoint. Yeah, I just, am mad. I worked. I've been working a long time on mine, and I was hoping to take it over after Lillard died. But do do a little bit of it for I us. I don't. I feel like it's forced now. Come on, Raggy. We gotta go get some sandwiches. Scoob, I just, I don't have the energy right now, Scoob. See, that's that's <laughs> fucking great. I mean, that is pretty damn good. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Just uh, start, the, you, start the petition on Twitter that why? you want me to be the well, next. You know why. <laughs> Fuck you. Damn. That's why? Because I gave a man a compliment because I liked his impersonation. Oh, okay. oh damn. <laughs> that <laughs> You Go guys fuck have yourself. to fight. You guys Can have you, to fight. You want to hear my, you want to hear my Austin Powers impression? No, don't, do don't do it. Don't do it. It's going to be too good. You're at two. After I just fucking gave you props, I was gonna do a legit Austin Powers impersonation. (laughs) Come on now, guys. Come on, you know. Um, So uh, we watched the trailer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know Andrew, but do you want to see it? Definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm always for more Scooby Doo content. I I didn't quite get uh, to really pay attention that much to the trailer, but is it like? kids movie with some adult sprinkling or I think it's definitely like more squarely aimed at kids oh, okay I think that the Scooby-Doo franchise just I think Hanna-Barbera has just never really known how to please the fans Scooby-Doo is this weird thing where it's such a huge cultural icon everybody knows what Scooby-Doo is if you look at it from an outside perspective you're like yeah Scooby-Doo is like one of the biggest fucking things of all time but if you really look if you really are you know know about it uh there's never been a scooby-doo show that has lasted more than three seasons without being canceled every scooby-doo show gets canceled <laughs> the first one was the longest running one for syndication reasons no they just they, seasons is the syndication mark yes but also the show has just been like since the beginning they did the first one three seasons and they retooled it because uh, there was an issue with kids thinking that it was too scary. 
um, because the first Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, is a little, it's it's the most dark, it's not dark, but it's the darkest one of them all. And then they there was an issue with kids thinking it was a little too scary, so they retooled it, the Scooby-Doo show. It's much lighter, it's less about monsters and things like that. And it didn't really resonate. They rebooted it again. They brought in the Raven Simone, mm-hmm. you know, uh, c- uh, cousin. I know who you were thinking from Brady Bunch. Yeah, uh, what the, I'm, Ben? C- no. no, it's uh, why am I blanking on his name? The, yeah. the actor's name is Robbie Rist. Yeah, they brought in that character, Scrappy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Scrappy then that didn't work, and the ratings were low, so they rebooted it again. And like basically, that this sh- Scooby Doo has just been in this infinite cycle of like they bring out a new show, it doesn't do well. It gets canceled very quickly, sometimes after just one season. And they just are in this infinite cycle of reboots. So it's a really weird franchise where it's such a huge cultural icon. But the shows never really do that well in ratings. They always get canceled very quickly. How well did the uh, Freddie Prince Jr. movies do? Because I think they got like three of them out of there, right? Two. But th- they did fine. But they were just not... They're not as huge as like... They weren't some huge... Uh, like runaway success they were like they were like modestly they modestly did well fun fact james gunn wrote the first scooby oh wow oh interesting uh yeah i mean looks fine i like most of the uh the actors in it i like zach efron i like gina i like uh my girl what's her name with the eyeballs amanda safer amanda Amanda safer i don't know if i'm gonna watch this i'll definitely, (laughs) definitely watch it with my son but basically, what my, to wrap up my point, I was trying That's to make. No, Kirk. Huh? No, they, I'll say it. They, oh, you will. Yeah. Oh. Movie and TV studios have never quite known what to do with the Scooby Doo franchise to please fans, and so um, you know they, they 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 oscillate between trying to make a throwback thing that appeals to like the older OG fans, and then like trying to make a true kids version of it that appeals to young kids. They oscillate back and forth between the two approaches, seemingly every time. And they just never quite hit the mark. So I don't know how well this will do, but I want to see it. Especially because, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I love Scooby-Doo. I also, I, but I love Hanna-Barbera. And mm. we, we talked about this like episode two or maybe even episode one. I fucking love Hanna-Barbera. Mm. I love everything. Scooby-Doo, Blue Falcon, Johnny Quest. Uh, just, I, I, I love it all. Real quick. Uh, do you think there would be a, 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 any possible way of doing like a, um, a Cartoon Network Scooby kids show, Scoob kids show maybe, and then uh, after midnight, Adult Swim, Adult Scooby Doo with older with like they're both live action I guess, uh, or in some way live action, and you have kids playing the characters here, and it's the same continuity. You all of this is the origin for this grittier adult version that we get after midnight. Do you think that would be profitable? Because I think Who I was just like, chasing after crackheads. <laughs> and they're just they're like, fucking <laughs> all the time. I think it could be like it could it could be like a Riverdale actually, type thing. Actually, you know? that is happening. That's oh. uh, that the new that that adult Scooby Doo show is going to be on my streaming platform, Cock. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> Alongside the adult uh, Legend of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, it needs where to everyone fucks. Where everyone fucks. <laughs> it needs to be done by Lena Dunham. Can we? No, why why, why do you keep Lena bringing Dunham? up Lena? Dunham? Nobody likes Lena Dunham. Nobody? Nobody. No. Nobody likes Lena Dunham. Everyone like girls. No, nobody likes Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham was like she's she's like she was like a like she was like the the figurehead of like third wave fem- feminism like yeah. like five years ago and like obviously all like conservatives and shit hated her and 
like liberals loved her, but then she did some really problematic shit that made liberals hate her. So like nobody likes Lena she, Dunham anymore. She's done. She's like a social. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining she's still an actor, but uh, as far as like uh, her social presence, she's a pariah. Like nobody talks to her. Nobody asks her to be on anything. Oh, okay. You know what? I did hear that thing where she said the football player thought she was ugly. Yeah, like, yeah, he, right, like well. that. That thing happened in her book. She talked about how she like outed her sister as trans, and people hated that and criticized her for that. She also she molested her sister. She, she, yeah, she she defended a guy for being accused of rape, and like she just she's well, gone. Like yep. she's out. Now I'm gonna yeah. say Lena. I'm gonna tweet Lena Dunham. Do not do Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> Yeah. So now we're going to do a regular segment in which we talk about rumors and unsubstantiated nostalgic news and talk about whether we think it's a good idea or not. The sec the segment is called Can you go can you Oh, can you go for that? Can you go over that? Yeah, that slapped. That slapped. It didn't quite work as well as the mashup that we did last episode. What was the mashup we did? We were singing one song, and then he was singing a different song. Were they still Hollow Notes songs? No, it was one of Raven Simone's raps. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Uh, but that that one was like accidentally great. Yeah, yeah. So another short, can you go for that? Oh, dang it! That whole process of singing that took longer than <laughs> so, yeah, this time really of take, discussing <laughs> this. There's one story. Oh. So there's a rumor that uh, Henry Cavill is in talks to play Wolverine in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Henry Cavill is reportedly in talks with Marvel Studios to play Wolverine. Before we go any further, this is an unconfirmed rumor and a wild one at that. The rumor goes on to claim that Cavill will make his Marvel Cinematic Universe entrance in Captain Marvel 2 alongside Brie Larson. Hugh Jackman previously played the iconic character on the big screen, which earned him critical praise for his work in 2017's Logan. Now that Disney and Marvel Studios have all their Fox properties back, fans have been wondering who will be in the new X-Men and the new Fantastic Four. Who will be taking on these roles and what other new characters will be introduced? With that being said, a new rumor claims that Henry Cavill is going to be the one to step into the MCU's version of Wolverine. This is a new one since most of the actors that have been talked about in recent years have been on the younger side. Henry Cavill as Wolverine. How old is he? <sighs> Probably in his 40s. Really? Oh. Pretty much every like big every big act, big movie star actor man yeah, yeah. is in their 40s yeah. because it takes that long for them to get to that level. Absolutely. Yes, that's fact. I'm I can go for that. I like I like him. I liked him in uh, the latest Mission Impossible. I thought he was great. He's also really good in uh, Man from Uncle. Um, so I can go for that. Full stop. I can never ever go for that. I did not like him in Mission Impossible. He was so boring and bland. Um, his face is way too pretty to play Wolverine. Um, I don't want a good guy like Henry Cavill to jump into the uh, Marvel Universe. Not Marvel Universe, but that specific movie. Because oh. I really didn't enjoy that the first one. Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Because yeah, he's going to be in part two. Or yeah, this character is going to be in part yeah, two. Yeah, and like, just no. And then he's already Superman. Just, just no. Also, Hollywood, there's more than like seven guys. There's more than that. And he's also just like too cute. Like, just no. No, I cannot go for that. Boy, if you don't get your CGI upper lip muscles on muscles have an ass off my screen, I'm going to develop a complex. I'm tired of seeing him. I hate him as Superman. 
I hate him as the Witcher. I hate him as the man from Uncle. I hate him as whatever else Kelby said. I'm done with Henry Cavill. He's made his mark. Let somebody else pick up any fucking role from this guy. Wait, now I I didn't say anything kind of like that. I, I I like I like this. Guy. I disagreed <laughs> with several parts of Dude, what you said, but I just loved your energy there. Man, I loved so the way that you 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 delivered a very <laughs> persuasive argument. They, I but ultimately it all comes down to I agree with Kelby that there are more people out there to play these characters. And uh, I was like, people that are like, just bring Hugh Jackman back. I don't even want that. If uh, I want a new person that almost nobody knows to bring new life to a character that deserves way better than 80% of the movies gave him. What is the name of the guy who was in uh, the the uh, movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? He's in Split 2. He's a very good actor. G- uh, James no, McAvoy? No. Oh. no, not James McAvoy. He's in he, Split. He played Bane. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Tom, 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 Tom Hardy. I wouldn't want Tom no, no, Hardy. No, 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 no. Tom oh, Hardy, okay, gotcha. but like somebody similar to him well, who has a little bit more gruff. Okay. No, if I'm not mistaken, Andrew played Bane. Damn, that's crazy. Oh, that's a good point. The casting rumor rises. Never mind. You didn't play Bane. Okay. So don't say fuck <laughs> you to me when I, I handcrafted you this segue. I segway. can't play Wolverine because I've just been cast as Frankenstein in a new oh. Frankenstein's monster reboot. Oh, okay, gotcha. People I was are, like, people are really liking the Invisible Man movie directed by Lee Wanell <laughs> and starring Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Moss. And now they're talking about doing a Frankenstein movie in the same universe as that. And Tom Hardy is the front runner to be cast. Mm, that's interesting. I don't want to see Tom Hardy be Wolverine, <sighs> but like somebody like him. Yeah. Here's my truth. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Ooh. Nope. <laughs> he is uh, nowhere near the right I, person for that role. I don't want it. I don't want it to be Michael B. Jordan. It, it, you want that, it to be Usher. That's so wrong. No, these are all wrong. You got something there. <laughs> Here's my truth. I hate the fucking Superman movies. They're terrible. Not he terrible. sucks as Superman. That's not true. I hate Zack Snyder. He's <laughs> one of the worst directors of all time. This spit. They're neck and neck. Damn. They're very similar in who in their don't, don't, lo- don't lower it. Give it up. He sucks as Superman. <laughs> that being said, I don't dislike Henry Cavill. I like him in other things. He's great in Man from Uncle. Anybody who doesn't think that is something wrong with him. That's a great movie, and he's really good at it, in it. <laughs> I also like him in the movie Immortals, directed by Tarsum. An underrated gym that not a lot of people know about. It came out before he was Superman. That being said, though, even though I don't dislike Henry Cavill, he is not right for Wolverine at all. The reality is, as good as Hugh Jackman is as Wolverine and as synonymous with him as he has become over the years, that is not really what Wolverine is like. Wolverine is a short, tiny little man. He's five foot five in the comics. He's supposed to be played by a short, stubby little guy. And his whole character is that despite his stature, he is like a fucking beast that can destroy you. He's literally like a Wolverine, a tiny little ferocious creature. Then they already ruined that with Hugh Jackman. They did. And now they have the opportunity to cast the right actor to play Uh, Wolverine. I'd say Continue to (laughs) Vito. 
if you're if you're at all familiar with wrestling, a good a good uh, comparison is Daniel Bryan. He's a tiny, scrappy little guy who isn't as handsome or as big as the other guys, but he's able to bring them down like a David and Goliath type situation. Let's say all the bad things didn't happen and mm-hmm. he was still alive. Chris Benoit. He's too big. <sighs> really? No, he's, he's short. He's too big. Wolverine is like a tiny little guy. He's no, not but he's su- muscular. He's not super ripped. He's just like he's like scrappy. Are you sure? He's like a scr like Wolverine is supposed to be like a scrawny dude. I, yeah, not like, scrawny. He's he is he is muscular, but he's supposed to he's like a tiny little guy. Really? He's not supposed to be Just big and imposing. The thing down. Then, uh, why not have Tom Cruise do it then? <laughs> because fuck Tom Cruise. Um, he's also not supposed to be really that handsome. He's like he's just like a tiny, like kind of homely guy. John Travolta. John Travolta's like six one. Oh, is he? Yeah. Now, yeah. all of that being said, what are you talking about? He is a tiny little dude. Is this wrong? No, he's right. not supposed to be. He's like a short. He's like a five foot five little guy. He's very stout. He is muscular, care. but he's not. He's not bodybuilder muscular. Yeah. Well, all right. I guess we see the same thing two different ways. But that okay. all being said, I'm gonna hit you with the caveats. Oh, hit the calves. Henry calves. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with the Henry caveats. <laughs> Good. Wolverine. Is one of the most overrated characters of all time. No! <laughs> he is by far not the coolest X-Men character. Bullshit. Not even close to being the coolest comic book character. Who gives a fuck about Wolverine? Let's just get some other better character. There's more interesting characters in the Marvel stable of characters. He's so overrated. Deadpool and Wolverine are the most overrated comic book characters in existence. How dare you? I'll take... I will take the any, Wolverine stuff. Any comic, any person that actually reads comic books will say the exact same thing. I saw a meme the other day. You have you seen that meme that is that scene from Terminator Two where they're at the payphone and the Terminator says, "What is your dog's name?" and then he tells him the dog, and then he talks to his parents and he says a different name, and then they are like, "Oh, he's okay," and then he's like, "Your step parents are dead." No there's a what is the canal? I'm so confused. Uh, you're, now. you're so there's, there's, far there's off a topic. Meme. It's unbelievable. It's not off topic. Okay. There's a scene. It's directly on topic. There's a scene <laughs> in Terminator Two when they go to a payphone and he calls. He's like, "We need to get in contact with my foster parents." And he's like, "I'll call them." And he gets on the phone and he's talking to them in in John Connor's voice. He's doing his voice and he's like, "Oh, I'm here, whatever." And they're like, "Come home, honey." And then he goes. There's a dog barking in the background, and he goes, uh, "What is your dog's name?" Oh. And he says, "Jack," I think his name says his name is. And he goes, "Hey, mom, what's wrong with Woofy?" And then she's like, "Woofy's fine, honey." And then he hangs up with the phone. And he goes, "Your foster parents are dead." There's a meme now where you use that as a meme template. So the meme I saw was they're standing there, and he looks at John Connor, and he goes, "Do your do your parents read X Men?" And he goes, "Yeah, they've been they've been like." They've been consistent with it since like the early '90s. Like they've read every issue, you know, from from like their childhood or whatever. And he goes, "Hey, mom, what's your favorite uh, X Men?" And she goes, "Wolverine, honey." And then he hangs it up and he goes, "Your your foster parents are dead." I have a question. Wolverine is the most overrated fucking character ever. <sighs> why are they dead? And why did he say the wrong name? All right. No, I'm sorry. No, uh, it, so, was a, it was a hold, test. Hold on a minute. To yeah. test whether or not they were alive or not. <laughs> that, it's a yeah. test to see if because in 
in the movie. Oh my he God. calls his foster parents. <laughs> Please, Lord, we're but at three hours. The T-1000 has killed them and assumed their identity. So I he calls it, them, it, and she's it. like, come home, John. <laughs> and he goes, what's wrong with Woofy? And he goes, she goes, Woofy's fine, honey. And then he hangs up, and he's like, your, your foster parents are dead. And I so they've it. turned that into a meme it. where it's basically a purity test of like I get it. testing somebody, and then they say the wrong thing, and then he's like, they're dead. They're dead. I get it. Shia LaBeouf as Wolverine. Maybe. I'm trying to think of who could be a good Wolverine, yeah. like a true to the character. But also, it's just like... I still don't understand your perception of him because i'm seeing the images of the cartoon he's a very muscular short guy he's muscular but he's not stacked he's a tiny he looks he's stacked. a tiny ripped guy but he's not like a he's not like a brock lesnar bodybuilder stature i would have to leave the project <clears throat> and claim creative differences mm. like lizzie mcguire mm-hmm. oh um, get hillary duff to play wolverine yeah there we go i like it nail it yeah, <laughs> people who think that Wolverine's the best character. So you're not here for that. Okay, wait. Who is the best X Men character? It depends on who you ask. It's there's there's so many of the characters. It's just Wolverine is just like you just had to ask that question. I know. Yeah. I just meant you specifically. I mean, I I love Beast. Oh, I I love I love Beast. I'm trying to think of other characters. I would. I mean, I, I self admittedly, I am by far not like a avid mm-hmm. like legit comic book reader i my, my knowledge of it is very is relatively surface level as well but uh yeah it just depends on it, it depends on who you ask yeah so i can't go for that that's what i'm saying right. i'm alone i can't go what'd for you say that. you couldn't I, either right i, I don't want none of us could go for that no wow. i said i could oh, oh, oh i'm sorry and He's gonna <laughs> nope nope <laughs> and on that note this has been can you go for that? Oh, oh, can you? Can you go for that? Oh, oh, go can you? Now it's just a hot mess. Can you go for that? Oh, shit sandwich. Oh, can you? Oh, can you go for that? I paid the devil to replace it. She's gone for that. Yeah. I mean, this whole episode, I think, has been off the rails a little bit. You think? We'll find. Really? We'll find a good meeting. It only started with you having three stories about the time you worked in the movie theater. 12 hours ago. Last couple of stories before we before we wrap this fucking dumpster yeah, fire actually, up. It actually um, started off with him going through quite a bit with his yeah. speech impediment. <laughs> Did you hear the disdain in his voice for I the did, fact that I'll, you had a I'll, speech impediment? I'll allow it. That's not what I meant to say. It's like he went through this very like, you know. You know. So uh, their Universal Studios Hollywood is getting a Nintendo world. So they, they had a Simpsons world pretty cool that's very cool they have a harry potter world it's pretty cool now they're getting a nintendo world just when we thought our theme parks couldn't get any better we've caught wind that a super nintendo world is planning to set up camp inside of our own very own universal studios hollywood soon gamers of all ages and expertise will get to experience an immersive world created around what may arguably be the most recognized video games in the world as of right now all the buzz is centered around Universal Studios Japan and its Super Nintendo World opening ahead of the 2020 Summer Olympics. Though there isn't much information released about the new theme park, Newsweek reports that it will be filled with incredibly fun rides, shops, a restaurant, and interactive gameplay throughout the land. Park goers will have the option to purchase a power-up band equipped with the same technology as the interactive wands at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. The bands are designed around the beloved Super Mario Brothers characters, so get ready to rock wearable versions of Luigi... Mario, Peach, Yoshi, Daisy, and Toad. 
the bands will allow visitors to use their arms, hands, and entire bodies while exploring the park and also present diehard gamers the opportunity to collect coins, participate in key challenges, and even battle people around them via a smartphone app. Uh, as far as you, as the rides go, Universal Studios Japan has confirmed that they ha- will have a life-size Mario Kart ride in addition to a more child-friendly option based around Mario's best friend, Yoshi's uh, Yoshi. Uh, other rumors, uh, rumored rides include a Mushroom Kingdom as well as both Peach's Castle and Bowser's Castle. So basically, like, this ride, this this land is opening up in Universal Studios Japan, so it's already kind of been oh, built. Japan. We have a lot of knowledge of like, <laughs> what's there, and then now they're basically planning on doing the same thing here in Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, so we get to kind of, we know a little bit about like what it's going to be because it already exists in Japan. And basically like, it, you know, it's going to be this land that you kind of walk around with. There's going to be a lot of like Nintendo themed things, but you get to wear this armband and then you can run around and like jump up and like smash bricks, then get coins and all these interactive things that kind of make you feel like you're in a video game. Sounds great. That sounds great. If, yeah, if, like if this is your thing, it sounds amazing, but they miss the fucking mark with the band. You could sell a cheap version of the Power Glove and people would eat that shit. Oh, yeah. Ugh. You're definitely right. Oh, yeah, my God. Definitely, definitely Power one. Glove. Yeah. And it's also, I just so imagine the, like the Japan version is going to be is, is pretty sick, but it's just, this one's going to be like a, a small goat cart ride that's like uh, the Rainbow Road, and then you get to go down slides that are just shaped like uh, tubes. Yeah, no, I like. This. I'd like them to have once they once they decriminalize suicide. Uh, <sighs> they if they had like a a, a self <laughs> a, a self suicide machine that's just Rainbow Road where you get in. Like <laughs> the last thing you do, you just get into a go kart and then you just drive off the edge. No. <laughs> I love it, but also that just <laughs> opens everything up to Futurama World, and that makes me really happy. Oh yeah. Suicide, suicide booths. Yeah, uh, this is a great idea. I don't have a real job, so I can't afford to go there. So. <laughs> Fuck I'm there. just kidding. <laughs> it sounds cool. I mean, tickets are like sixty bucks. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Jens Nygaard Nudson, inventor of the Lego minifigure, has died at seventy-eight. Oh, okay. The designer behind one of the most popular toys has died. Jens Nygaard Knudsen, the Danish man credited with the design of anthropomorphic Lego figurines, has died, um, the, co- the toy company tweeted on Monday. According to news outlet uh, AFP, uh, Nygaard Knudsen died February 19th after a battle with ALS. Uh, CNN reports that Nygaard Knudsen worked at Lego from 1968 to 2000. He created the first Lego figurine in 1978 and also developed iconic building sets like Space and Castle. <laughs> I fucking love that space and castle. Well, that was the thing. Like, I know the- now. Now they've gotten so like Lego has become such a commodity that now they have all these like intricate little things. So you have like the fucking Star Wars Battle of Hoth set and the like the fucking Marvel like Thanos battle scene playset or whatever. Yeah. But back in the day, whenever Lego first got big, they just had like they had like simple options. They had like five sets, and they were super popular. So there was the pirate ship the space set and the castle set and like they were they were they were huge and like everybody wanted them and and like when you when you were a kid back in the 70s like that was like you like i want the fucking castle from the makers that brought you space (laughs) nintendo now brings you castle or not nintendo i mean lego now brings you castle man man is still dead i was rest in peace r.i.p yep and uh he's ever stepped on one of those i was literally going i was gonna go like uh in in a 
dark, deep part of my mind, I was like, the new ALS challenge is walking on a thing of Legos. <laughs> I hate myself. Got to cut that out now. Yep. Yeah, you know what? Leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> and tell them where they can find you on social media. <laughs> At Time Lord Tyler. <laughs> Final story. In a historic event that will change the face of history. <laughs> James Lipton, host of Inside the Actor Studio, has passed away at 93 after a battle with cancer. Inside the Actor Studio host and veteran TV writer, James Lipton has died. Lipton passed away peacefully Monday morning at his New York City home. His wife, Ketakai Turner, tells TMZ James had been battling, battling bladder cancer. She adds, there are so many James Lipton stories, but I'm sure he would like to be remembered as someone who loved what he did and had tremendous respect for all the people he worked with. The man had a storied career in and around television and film. Of course, he served as the Dean Emeritus of the Actor Studio Drama School at Pace University in New York City for several years. And he was responsible for spearheading his famous talk show, Inside the Actor's Studio. James interviewed actors, big and small, to pick their brains about the craft. It was filmed in front of a live studio full of student actors, some of whom got a chance to ask questions from time to time. He started the show in 1994 and finally retired in 2018 after 22 seasons. The program continues to this day, however, you're the host. R.I.P. to a legend. And as a fun fact, in addition to all of the countless hours of quality programming he brought to us through the Inside the Act Studio show, he also brought this amazing moment where a couple, probably about a decade ago, there was a joke that Louis C.K. Mm -hmm. did on a radio show. He made a joke about how the actors who would be on the inside the actor studio would never actually end up becoming famous. And he specifically made the comparison where he said something like, you're never going to see an actor asking like Sean Penn a question. And then like five years later, they end up becoming a movie star. And then somebody was able to track down and found a clip of Sean Penn on inside the actor studio and they cut to the audience for questions. And one of the actors who asked Sean Penn a question was a young Bradley Cooper. Yeah. With great hair. Oh, fantastic hair. Yeah. This has been Nostalgia Cast. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you like the show and you haven't already, please subscribe. If you have a friend who would like who you think would like the show, share this with them. If you want to follow more about our exploits as a podcast or see the nostalgic content we post on a daily basis, you can go to our Facebook page, the official Nostalgia Facebook page. You can also join our Facebook group, the official Nostalgia Facebook group. You can search them by just searching Nostalgia on Facebook and in the group section. You can also follow us on Instagram, at Nostalgia. You can tweet us, at the Nostalgia Cast. If you have a question or any kind of statement or remark that you'd like to make and possibly be read on the show, you can email us at nostalgicastpod at gmail.com. If you want to support us in a more monetary way, you can become a supporter. Go to our Facebook page. At the top, there's a button that says become a supporter. Click that for $4.99 a month. Not only do you support the show, but you can also get access to exclusive bonus content 
whether it's bonus episodes or bonus videos. Thank you for listening.